Traveling the Vortex. It's no surprise to me, I am my own worst enemy. Cause every now and then I kick the living out of me. We would have joined the doctor as he traveled the vortex and ended up episode number 182. But we instead were indulging our favorite pastime of trying to destroy each other. I'm Keith. <laughs> I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. From any enemy of the world. Yeah, I figured. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't remember it. Huh? I don't remember. That was from two weeks ago instead of two days. That's true. Oh, that was see? the first part. Really. <laughs> That's what threw him off. How's it going? Happy birthday, Glenn. Thank you very much. Belatedly. Belated. Yeah, it was Only yesterday. a day. Uh, you all wished me happy birthday yesterday except for Sean. Happy, happy birthday <laughs> from all of us to you. We wish it was our birthday so we could party too. Hey. Thank you. Did you have a good birthday? I did. I had a very nice birthday. Um... What'd you do? They went over to my parents' house and had cake and ice cream. That's pretty much it. And then my uh, father-in-law and his wife. No. <laughs> Dairy Queen. Uh, my father-in-law. I thought I heard the dance, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> father-in-law and his wife came over today and brought me a card and some presents. So it's pretty nice. Or a gift. Sounds good. Money. I got, uh, I did get some. Got, got cash money? I did. I got mostly money, yeah. Which nobody knows how to buy for me. Except for my kids. <laughs> <laughs> Your kids definitely know how um, to. First, Caitlin got me. They, by the way, I found out they did this with their own money. Um, wow. The official doctionary. Uh, doctionary, essential book. The Doctor's Dictionary of Definition for Time Travelers. With the really cool thing about this is all of the entries in here, which are from... They're like real, real world stuff, like you know, uh, the planets, the solar system, things like that. And then there's also uh, in universe stuff, like Ooh, robots. It even has and, classic stuff. Yeah, um, it does all over. It's painted all throughout the book. The cool thing is the entries are done essentially in the Eleventh Doctor's voice, so it's how he would explain something. Oh, and so it's it's very, very, very funny. Imagine a banana. Go back while you're on that while you're on that page. Which one? That one is Pluto, Pluto. a planet. Yeah, that's a, well. It's you know, it's, it's weird that you said that because I'm getting wrong. Because that's what oh, I'm going what to for an example. Okay, ready? He says Pluto. Yes, been there, though not yet. It was a lovely sunny place, though not yet. Far, 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 far out from the sun. So dark and cold at the moment. And demoted used to be a planet, but now the people who decide what planets are and who does that? I mean, really, have decided that Pluto is a dwarf planet. Well, I'm sorry to be picky here, but a dwarf planet is just a small planet, isn't it? So why not call it a planet and just make sure people know it's small? Job done. <laughs> All of them are like that. It's that's so a great point, so too. wonderful. Um, so that's a lot of fun. That book. I heard Pluto's making a comeback. That's why. That's I like asked. It'd be like saying little people aren't people. Because they're little. I know, right? I mean, come on. That's, just, that's the exact same argument. <laughs> sold me right there. Yeah, there you go. Um, and then Mason got me the Doctor Who, the official 50th anniversary annual. So this is in the same vein as the annuals that you... Oh, is it really? To, yeah, it's got... Uh, like the old comic ones. Yeah, it's got different entries. There's a spot, the monsters, where you look for these throughout the entire book, these little tiny monsters. And then, yeah, oh, it's just got fun. entries. And as you come along It's here, much more colorful with pictures than what comic. Comics. <laughs> oh, yeah, comic. the 11th Doctor comic, and then some... Fun little games, and as the uh, annuals usually do, we come back across. There's some, there's some uh, stories, some story entries, uh, another comic, and then as they do, I've noticed this with a lot Character of annuals. Character profiles, monster profiles. Yes. 
The quiz? <gasps> the game! <laughs> you get a game Yay. in almost every game <laughs> that you can roll a dice and, and play through the game. So. That's cool. Yeah, so Mason picked that one out for me and got that for me. So that's a, that's a lot of fun. I'm pr- I think these are produced by, well, clearly BBC Books, but I think they're produced by the same people that do Doctor Who magazine. So that's, they're kind uh, of in that vein, the Doctor Adventures and that kind of thing. Well, if that's the 50th year one, that means uh, I have two, so I need you to catch up. No, I just have the two of them. Oh, I thought you had three. I thought I brought three from you. 87 and 89, I believe. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. I don't know. You remember what you had on VHS. I don't, no, that's true. I don't <laughs> count on you to remember that you have three books either. I may have three books. <laughs> well, I have another book, but it's not an annual. I think I'm... I'm Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I'm relatively certain I only ever had two annuals. Okay. But... Those were cool because they had checklists in them, too. Your annuals had checklists. Well, mine was all highlighted and checked. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's how I can go back and find out what I had on VHS. Yeah. <laughs> or just ask me what I bought. Oh, well, that's true. <laughs> I'm going to go prove you wrong. Look, there's a check mark. I didn't know that one. Um, and then, yeah, I'm a, I got money from everybody else, so... Um, oh, and I got Pretty presents, presents from, from you. Yeah, I guess we might as well do this now, too. Now, this is... I'm going to... Figure out how to open this without tearing the paper up. It should be pretty easy. Give, your, actually, give me your phone and I'll do a vine of you opening it. Yeah, hang on. Let me. I gotta get a picture. Instagram video. It's really well done. Or one of those. What is it that you're doing? The little videos. What are they called? I'm doing audio moves. Audio. Oh, <laughs> so no. I, I won't do any good, will it? Not the same. We can hear them open it, but that's going to be the same as. I thought we did this. videos once upon a time. Is it Instagram uh, video? It was Instagram video. We we, we, we do. Uh, we we toy YouTube. YouTube. We, got a YouTube we toyed with Vine for a little bit. Okay, YouTube back up. Channel? There's there's a way to do video on Instagram? Yeah. I mean, I've seen other people do it, but I've never done it myself. Oh, my phone's about to die, too. I'll have to pull out there's my a, ink-riddled... There's a lot of new up. options now. Are you taping? Yeah. Are did you they? video? Starting now. Well, you don't do it that way. That's up and down. It's you Instagram. Know better. Oh, all right. Instagram. I thought you were doing Facebook. No. Or not Facebook, YouTube. Instagram. You should be posting on the YouTube channel, show. Gotta find new ways to use our YouTube. <laughs> of course, people probably don't care <gasps> seeing the video opening. button. There's also you, it's been for a while. Did they lots get lots of new options? Yeah, like lots of new options. Did they get rid of the filters and the frames? No, but you can defeat the filters and the frames even more. Because I haven't, I haven't been able to find the frames filters since they the moved light? it. Oh, I'm just carefully opening this because I don't want to tear this paper because it's it's like real Doctor Who paper and it's got when you go, to a, go to a picture, like, like load, one that I like take, go to picture, like just from your gallery, oh, or, or do that. Of course, everything we get, Sean, for uh, Christmas and, and our birthdays now will be wrapped in this paper, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure he paid like 70 bucks for a roll of it. <laughs> just, yeah. Unfortunately, it wasn't even a roll. It was probably uh, one of those little mini 14-foot uh, rolls. Fold, it was probably one of those little fold packs. Yeah. 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 Uh, See, there's no... See, you can add... That's, that's all the filters. Yeah. What happened to the... <clears throat> oh, here it comes. Oh, uh, there's a box. Ooh. Ooh, what is it? What is it? I missed it. Do you read recording? Uh, Tell me you got it. You I got missed it. it. I got it. Close enough. I, I can't read that. Neri Nahons? Dalek Terry, Special? Terry Nations. Oh, Terry Nations. <laughs> <laughs> what does that not look like, Neri Nahon? Nahon? Does that not look like Neri Nahon? It does, in fact, look like Neri <laughs> Nahon. Terry Nations. Dalek Special. Wow, this is cool. What did, where'd you get this at? St. Louis. It's uh, Ooh, got been it. holding on to that one, huh? Yeah, I it saw was, that. Uh, I got, I picked it up when I got the canine one. Ninety-five pence. So it probably was. Um, it's probably a good, good price now. Compiled and edited by Terrence Dix. Now I can read his names because it's in Maine because it's in print. 
It is safe. Oh, no, I can totally see Terry Nation now. This is cool. Thank you, Keith. You're very welcome. Wait, it's like a book. It's like it's like a story. I wasn't sure what it was because I didn't yeah, actually take it out of the look bag. At that, look at that, oh, look that. it's a story. Oh, wow. Well, I'm going to put it back oh. in the bag. What's the name of it? It's called uh, Terry Nation's Dalek Special. And it's it's Dalek stories. Look at this. The so Dalek it's the special of the Daleks. Okay, and this is this is like appears to be like maybe a um, um, nonfiction, you know, kind of how the Daleks came about. Inside a Dalek, there's some pictures with the inside. Ooh, but it was ninety five pence. So Wait, what does it say? Back. What year it was? Uh, I, I don't should remember. Have copyright. Right? It's a Target book. They were all Target books. Seventy nine. Nineteen seventy nine. Yeah. Have you ever tell that story? Look how good a shape that's in. It's an amazing Look shape. Look at yeah. that. I don't feel bad for opening it now. I should just leave it in the plastic and not read it. No, I'm going to read it. I'm going to put it back in the plastic. Just don't break the spine. Right. Did I ever tell you that story about how Thanks, excited Keith. I was? Welcome. When we, they, they announced we were getting a Target store. And I just went. Target bookstore? No. Oh. Back oh. Target. That expensive French store, Target. Yeah, Target. And I got all kinds of excited because it's like, Target, they're going to have the Doctor Who books. <laughs> That's where they come from. That's what a child's mind, That's where, where a child mind goes. Well, I was 20, but yeah. Oh. <laughs> Guess what? Here's where Sean's child's mind goes. <laughs> there were no books. Look at this. Well, there were books. There was not there were no Doctor Who tag. Books. It says, to Glenn, happy birthday from Keith and Sarah. Very cool. I'm keeping that paper here. So. Neat. Thank you. Give him mine. Give, give him mine. Give me, give me mine. Okay. Please excuse the crew to do the wrapping. I, I didn't wrapping. have time to go it's to Brits. It's very simplistic, I think. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't have time wait, to go to Brits. I had to say I should the street. When I get things in a brown paper bag, <laughs> it's <usually> something else. <laughs> should I open this on? Hold, the hold on. He's, he's going to Instagram video it. Brown, brown wrapper. How long do I have on How this? How long will it take seconds. to do it? 15 seconds. Okay, go. You only get 15 seconds total? Yep. Oh. Ooh, look, it's Pac-Man Fever <laughs> on 45. And for listeners who don't know what 45 is, it's a record. It's a small record. That's cool. That was just a little no-nothing. That's the store. neat. That's not a no-nothing. That's really neat. Look, it's in the same, it's like in the original sleeve and everything. Look at that. It's like they planned it because the sea in Columbia is like a Pac-Man. You know what I'd do? <laughs> I'd, have take, like I'd have taken frame that. With like a some Pac-Man artwork, that'd be really cool. That'd be really neat. And then a card, I presume. Am I recording? I don't know. Oh, look at that! It's uh, Indiana Jones. When they ask you how old you are, take some advice from Doctor Jones. <laughs> it's not the years; it's the mileage. <laughs> Here's to being well traveled. Happy birthday, Sean and Mel. It's a, it says. Silly Omnid. <laughs> and Mel. And Mel. I, mean, I can read Mel. <laughs> oh, and uh, $25 to the Fazolis. Guess where I'm going in Omaha. I don't care if the kids in Hollywood go or not. <laughs> well, and, and the reason for that is because you send out some fairly strongly worded text messages whenever I send a picture going, look what I got. Well, and I always and ask you to bring me back some, and you don't. And I don't. So, so here, here's a get your own. <laughs> no, knowing that you are actually going to be near one very this weekend, cool. I thought, uh, I think I'll plan ahead. Thank you very much. <laughs> and even though it came in a brown paper bag, it was family friendly. <laughs> brown wrapper. Is both sides Pac-Man fever? One side's uh, instrumental, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. 
Too bad I don't have a record player. We can boot it. Up. I don't. I don't know if you have a record player or not, but I just saw uh, that and went. <gasps> I do actually in my garage. I mean, it's not plugged in or anything. But oh no, it is plugged in because I listen to the radio out there. But it's, it's probably gathering dust and it has, probably, probably needs to be cleaned before I do anything. Well, now you now you can convert it over to your iTunes I'm gonna library. Go, I'm so. gonna go. I'm gonna go over to my dad's and use his turntable, <laughs> his USB turntable. Um, no, I think I'd frame that. I like the I just I like the nostalgia of having the forty five. You know, yeah. I actually had the album as a kid, the full uh, Buckman and Garcia, yeah, thirty three and a third RPM album, and it had other songs on there. It had uh, that were all video game oriented. They had Ode to a Centipede, Do the Donkey Kong. Um, I don't remember what some of the other ones were. Those were my favorites. But it was Wreck-It Ralph Defender. on there? <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. They must have dug that up somewhere. I don't know. Like old, re- old recording or something. Yeah. Previously unreleased. Previously unreleased. The lost. B-side. The B-side. The lost B-side. <laughs> cool. I figure, I figure if, you, if, you, if you find a record player and you get really excited about it, I'll buy you some more vinyl and, and you can start <laughs> breakdancing again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll do some scratching. Wouldn't you need a boombox better? Be yeah, boombox is what we carry around with. They're a little more portable. <laughs> uh, yeah, you see me carrying the turntable down to the, and the street corner. Isn't <laughs> that how they did it? <laughs> Not exactly. Okay. Um, what else did I do this week? Um, I worked. Oh, we watched um, Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit last night. Oh, man. Isn't it amazing? Wow. And A, it, it is. I haven't seen an edge of your seat film for a long time. And you were a little misleading to me last night, and I'm sure you didn't intend it this way, but you kept saying I didn't. You presented it in a way that, in my mind, did the. I don't know who did it, but then I got to thinking, and I think you were referring to the Liam Neeson one that you watched, and so. Yeah, but I, but I kept. Yeah, that was the last one I talked about. But I kept Sorry. watching this one, going, "I totally knew who did it." I totally oh yeah, no, 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 that, that one. It was you know. so suspenseful, and I didn't know where they were going to go next with it. That yeah. was what was really cool. Yeah, I haven't had a edge of my seat uh, thrill ride like that for a long time. James said the same thing that he he was astounded at how tense that movie was after I recommended it to him. And everybody so. does a phenomenal job. I absolutely love Kenneth Branagh in the role. I loved. I thought Chris Pine did a great job. Karen Knightley was terrific. Um, the guy that the the, the, the Russian guy that uh, Kenneth Branagh's character meets up with in the park at the beginning. Yeah, in the beginning, <laughs> I don't say anything more than that. Who is that? I don't know, but he looks. Is familiar. that the guy that played in White Knights with um, uh, uh, Gregory uh, Barishnikov? Is that Barishnikov? Is that who that is? It I mean, looks like him. I think the guy in White Knights with uh, what's the, the tap dancer guy that Gregory Hines? Gregory Hines played. Yeah, is that is that him? I I don't know. It totally it, looked, it looked like, like him. him. So. It could have been him. Constantine. Is that the actor's or the character's name? I don't know. Might have been. Oh, there's a lot of Russian people in here. Yeah, there's know. a lot of Russian people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, younger guy or older guy? Uh, two, Old. Uh, yeah, older guy. Two thirds of it takes place in uh, Russia, in Moscow. In Moscow. So. Yeah, edge of your seat through the whole thing. <laughs> like I said, oh, and, and I didn't know you didn't say that. Um, maybe you did. And I just missed it. But you didn't say. Um, Dances with Wolves. Um, oh, Costner. Costner's in it. You didn't tell me. Did you I tell me Costner's figured, in I just, it? I just figured him? you knew that. No, that's no, him. not him. I just assumed you knew the Costner because the Costner was all over the trailers. No so. idea. Well, here's the other thing: is that was so far off my radar that I had no idea it even existed until you started talking about really? it last week. Yeah, oh, wow. I didn't even know. And it was one of those things that I watched it and I thought, oh my gosh, this had to have done good. If it didn't, oh, that's unfortunate I don't think it because did. I wonder if people are just. 
afraid no, no. Uh, is afraid that uh, Jack Ryan is kind of played out. But this really reboots the series well. I think they could totally go from here on this. And so. it made the, the the way that it was laid out because I was a little worried initially about okay we're doing a reboot because you know my feelings on reboots mm-hmm. I was like oh, mm-hmm. but the reasoning mm-hmm. on how this was laid out for him to go and go through all this was right. like. This totally makes sense. Well, it almost works better. It's clearly it modernized. Yeah, but that's what I wanted to know: is it does it is it parallel the book well enough that it still stays true to the book? I mean, obviously, it, it, it it's, stays true it's to set well, modern day. It's, and it's, it's not necessarily even based on any one book. It's just based oh, on the character. Oh, okay, okay. Last one? No, not no. Here. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's not based on any one book. Um, in fact, Shadow Recruits just something they kind of made up. But oh, it, okay, it, 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 all right. The events that, like the helicopter crash and different, mm-hmm. you know, they've mentioned various oh, okay. bits and pieces so of his past of that. Okay. And, and worked them in. Well, that's the, that's phenomenal. a smart way to do it now, especially since you have to update the yeah. the story. So, well, like in Red October, when the, the when <laughs> Admiral's telling him, you know, there was a, a helicopter crash and that kid spent a year in traction yeah. and blah blah blah, and it's okay. like, oh, here you can see all of this. You so. know, that this really felt like Patriot Games. It yeah, really it felt really like that style. And it, that was the other thing that impressed me about Chris Pine is that he didn't emulate Harrison Ford, but he played Jack Ryan a, a very in the much the same vein as Harrison mm-hmm. Ford played Jack Ryan. Yeah. So I, I really appreciated that. The other thing that sort of itched me at the back of my mind was you saying that it didn't rely on gadgets. You're right. It doesn't rely, it doesn't rely on super spy gadgets like James Bond and... Uh, Mission Impossible, but they have a fair number of gadgets that I thought, all right, I'll buy into that. Well, the thing that, they plug into the wall. That one random one that they which really they explain. Have, they like, have okay. those, but they kind of expounded on how the, the way that it works. Yeah. I mean, those exist, but you have to actually have something tapped into that uh, 120 outlet as well. Sure. And I, is it Are they really 120 outlets in Moscow? I doubt Would it. Would they be the same voltage? I mean, they're not in the UK, so that's why you have to buy a converter. I doubt Maybe it. they are the same, but anyway, uh, and some of the gadgets in the van I thought were a little much. The airplane was believable. The airplane stuff was none of it was fantastical, James Bond. No, gadget. exactly, and that's why that's why it was interesting it, it, it back was, in mind because you made it sound like they did. They used no gadgets, well, and they were not gadgets. Not, not, they I mean, just they're, were they're more spy gadgets. They were but more, more realistic, real world. Yeah, I mean, it's not even like Mission Impossible. You didn't gadgets. have to. Stre- yeah, you didn't have to stretch the imagination to believe that they weren't. Right. I mean, it was it was more along the lines of a gun and a pair of binoculars than. Or a wiretap than a hey I can pull my face off. Well, yeah, I'm yeah. somebody else. Uh, it grossed fifty million, fifty point five million. That How was much it. did it cost oh. to make it? I have no idea. That's unfortunate because it, it needed to make sixty and million. Brenna directed oh. it wonderfully. Now it, it made well oh worldwide. Gosh. It was one hundred and thirty-five. Oh, but well, that's could get still considered to be a bomb. But it's so man, good. it's so good. I it's it's. Uh, I wonder it, if it was just poor marketing. Could, oh, I I didn't even know, know about it. Didn't know I had about no it, idea so. it even existed. Yeah, so I think they were probably coming off of some of all fears, which I also haven't seen, but I heard it was a real turkey. So some of all fears is a good movie. It's just got Ben Affleck in it. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 this is coming from the guy who actually I kind of like Ben Affleck. He's just so not Jack Ryan. So. Or Batman. <laughs> or Batman. <laughs> well, the jury's still out. I'm willing to give him a fair yeah, shake, but I'm kind of going into it going, not Batman, not Batman, not Batman, until he impresses me. He's <laughs> not Batman. Um, earlier in the week, I watched the Game of Thrones finale, which was really kind of not mind-blowing, but mind-bending. <laughs> well, we've already had the mind-blowing episode. <laughs> it was more... 
the finale felt more like a season finale than previous ones. Yeah, because they've always felt they've done the finale and the penultimate, and then they've always yeah. done a kind of a setup to next season. And then and there was still some of that episodes. here, but there was still a lot. Oh, of they just shoved, they shoved it all into that one final episode. Yeah. The same, both both of those flavors, uh, <laughs> and they, they put into the, into the one the, the one because there was so much. Uh, you couldn't do it in just one. Well, they couldn't do they it. They did it in three. Well, that's really. just it. They, they, they did, did because they couldn't. They did, didn't even. I mean, we didn't even get away from the wall in the penultimate. It was no. all. Yeah. It was all from the battle at the wall. So, and half of the one before that was in King's Landing with the fight. Right. Right. So, um, quite enjoyable. I'm excited for next season. But now I'm I'm right there with everybody else. Finally, where I'm going to have to. <laughs> Endure the and agonizing you must wait. <laughs> or read the book. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, th- th- I think they're the they're books. starting to diverge well, there's from, some from everything that I've kind of sort of read. There's so. a lot of stuff that they're pulling from later and bringing it forward to make timelines. Well, they sort of have to because uh, they they have more or less seasons than the books planned out. They have more seasons. They than have the more planned than, out. Yeah. yeah. Well, more seasons than there are books currently. Well, yes, for, <laughs> well, that's yeah. for certain. But, I mean, George R. R. Martin has said there's going to be X amount of books. But to keep certain characters, I guess there are some characters that disappear for long periods of times in the book. Oh. And so to keep those keep characters in, in the show, they I had to pull you. their storylines from book five up to book three. I got you. That's what Patrick was saying. Because okay. book, book four, if I'm not mistaken, follows this group of people. Like, you get this story, this story, this story, and this story. But you don't get any of this other yeah. people. And, oh, and so, so that's why they had to go in book five to pull some of that in just to keep it relevant okay. to what's going sure, on. Sure, sure. Well, you can tell a Dance with Dragons is all, all going to be all Daenerys. Or, it's, uh, yeah, Daenerys. Uh, yeah. And, and Khaleesi. <laughs> Real names, please. Daenerys is right. I just I had another name on the on the forefront of my mind, and I can't remember where I was pulling from. But, yeah, it, it, clearly that one's going to be the majority. Well, of and um, the fourth one... Obviously, it's majority of Jon Snow because it's a feast for crows. Right, right. So, yeah, it was enjoyable. Um, I don't think I did anything else this week. Jungle Book. Yeah, we did. We did uh, Disney with friends, and my choice for my birthday, thank you, Brittany, was uh, Jungle Book. Actually, it was between Bed Knobs and Brewsters and Jungle Book, and so we put it up for a vote because <sighs> we weren't we weren't sure everybody could get a copy of Bed Knobs, and so we kind of. Brittany put a post up asking to kind of gauge whether there were enough people that would have bed knobs and broomsticks, and I think it boiled down to the fact that everybody knew they could get a copy of Jungle Book. So we did that. Which well, that was my, more recently released, wasn't that's it? That's my Silver Age. It just came age. out in February, I think. Yeah. That's my Silver Age classic. That's my favorite Silver Age. Like I, I break the, the Disney canonical films into three eras uh, classic Silver and. Or, Gold and silver and modern, so just like you do with comic books. Where does silver end? Silver would end probably in the late 80s. I think you could probably count, like, Fox and the Hound would be towards the tail end, maybe even Oliver and Company, although I think that's on the cusp of modern, but Oliver and Company would probably be the definite end. Um, Rescuers rescuers down under, well, I don't know, with Black Cauldron... I guess that came before Oliver and Company. I think so. I can't remember between those two. But yeah, that's Black, that's kind of a line Oliver there. <clears throat> that's kind of a line there. Was it Little Mermaid and then Rescuers? Uh, Rescuers down. Oh no, it was Little Mermaid and then Rescuers. And then Rescuers down. So then, for modern, do you separate? Little Mermaid C- is the beginning of the modern. Let's do, say. Do you that. separate let's CG and two D? No, you don't. No, no, no. So it almost to me seems like there should be two different eras of modern. No, kind of what we're in yeah, now. Good and, and not then, so much. No, 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 no. <laughs> Little Mermaid to Tarzan. No, Little Mermaid all the way up to the present for now. So, 
in my it feels like two different shifts to me. See, I think, when Pixar I think they still have the Disney same. Kind of they still have the same, bit. other than being three dimensional, computer generated graphics. To me, they're still. They still have the same flavor <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, appeal that that Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, all those kind of had. So Aladdin, they're this, still in the same vein. There, I mean, obviously, we're talking not in counting the Pixar stuff. Just going. No, with the, the Pixar Disney. is not included right. in that at all. Just going with the Disney. There's really. Frozen, obviously, Bolt, and Tangled, um, Tangled, Wreck It Ralph, and Wreck It Ralph, and Mar not Mars Needs Moms, no. so dinosaurs. Um, see, I don't buy the. Yeah. It is though; it's part of the canonical. I films. know it's part of the canonical, and films, it's a it three, CGI three D CGI movie, but with live backgrounds and uh, Meet the Robinsons that, that's a weird ma- and that one Chicken Little, and they're all they're all. No, I'm not. The, not the the thing is, that's just it. You're, tr- you're trying to lump good with bad, and that's what I'm saying. Is I they're they're just modern era movies. They all well, but the they all have the, the re- same type of feel. You look at that of how group of done. films, though. You look at even including the bad ones. You 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 look at that group of films, and I don't think they have the overall same feel. I, as, I think there's well, a different feel, you know, uh, flavor or, change. Yeah. To See, or, or, I guess, or even I guess uh, what, in the all right. There's just a different. All right. I think we're, well, you, guys, I think we're, you guys are trying to read too much into gold and silver and classic age. How about this? It's only set up by decades. Okay. That's the eras for what they are. So from 1930 to 19, late 50s. That's 20 years is the golden age. The silver age is from the 1960s, 70s, 80s. And the modern age is the 90s and 2000s, what we're up to now. Does that make it simple? So it's three <laughs> decades per era? You guys are, I think you're trying to make the... I'm just, I'm just saying <laughs> You're that trying to define the eras and it's pin just him down, decades. Pin him down. It's just I'm, decades. I'm just saying modern seems really big compared to the others. It's only 20 years if you count from the early 90s or late, late 80s. Yeah. 30 no. Almost, almost 30. 30. We're coming up there. Yeah. I'm going to turn 30. <laughs> 89 would be 25. Uh, this oh, year. yeah, 25 years. Yeah, you're right. And here's how I know that, because we had a depressing conversation at work in which we realized, this will make you feel old, the original Batman, 25 years old. Star Trek V, 25 years old. Yeah. Ghostbusters 2, Lethal Weapon 2. Well, Ghostbusters is 30 years old. Everything that came out that summer of 89, such yeah, a big the summer. The big blockbuster The big summer, blockbuster yeah. summer. The Indiana biggest Jones one on the record. Last Crusade. Last Crusade, 25, 25 years, years old. I remember these films. I remember going to see these. They can't possibly mean this all. UHF, 25 years old. Back to the Future 2 was the year after that, wasn't it? It was 1990. Yeah. But Back to the Future 2, November 89. Yeah, that's right. 25 years old. How's that for? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I felt old for a long time. Not as bad for me because some of those I didn't see in the theater. But anyway, happy birthday! <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it. I don't think I did anything else. I haven't listened to any big, big finish this week, so <laughs> I didn't do no more. Sir Kingdom. No, didn't do a bender yet. <clears throat> I'm off this week, so I'm excited. Um, He's not. Lynn's off this <laughs> week, so I'm bummed. Yeah, <laughs> I'm off Monday through Friday, and Thursday we're leaving for Omaha. So looking forward to that. What did you guys do this week? I went on movie tear after finishing Tomb Raider, which was oh, phenomenal. Finished. The ending was so good. 
set up well for the next one? Or? It did. It really did. And then now having seen the trailer for the next one makes me really excited for it. Um, yeah, ended phenomenally. There's trophies I didn't get, but then there's also a bunch of online stuff that I'm not going to bother with because I don't want to sink that much time into it. <laughs> it's online. Yeah, it's multiplayer. It's not campaign. It's yeah, go shoot each other. All right, whatever. <laughs> I did that with Uncharted 2, and I had fun with it. But I've got other games on my shelf that I haven't played. I'm not going to waste time on multiplayer. I yeah. have a story to devour. Um, and then, aside from being three episodes away from finishing West Wing. Oh, wow, you tore through that. Yeah. Comparatively. Comparatively. <laughs> uh, I basically just picked it back up again in spite of having episodes of elementary... The Blacklist, and all of Continuum Season 3 to watch. Uh, I watched Trance. The Danny Boyle, uh, Rosario Dawson, Mag- uh, Professor X film. I just blanked on it. James McAvoy. Sorry. <laughs> have, you, have you heard of this one? <laughs> it's uh, this... James McAvoy, is this, he works at an art auction. <clears throat> he auctions expensive art. And one of his pieces gets stolen... And it turns out he's an inside guy. But during the job, he gets whacked on the head and loses his memory. So he doesn't know where he... He ended up hiding the piece somewhere oh, from, no. the, from the thieves. And so they take him to a hypnotherapist to try to work it all out. And that's where Rosario Dawson Gotcha. Yeah, so that's... So, so it's kind of inception-y because there's layers of... Is this really a trance? Is this really what's going on in hypnosis? Or is this what happened in real life? Oh. It's a very mind-bending movie, very well directed by Danny Boyle. Uh, very adult, so it's definitely rated R. Keep that in mind if you decide to watch it, no kids around. Uh, <laughs> some very adult situations, but really well done, and really, it kind of had me going, what, 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 what's going on? And the reveal at the end was worth the movie. Mm. It's been rare since I've watched a movie and had a slight headache at the end of it, because I had to think so much while watching it. So I, I highly recommend that. But a good headache. Not a, a good headache. headache. Okay. Not a, oh, God, what the hell was that? It was a, <laughs> wow, my, just, just working through that thought process of how they reached that point just gave me a headache. Not, not a headache on film like Transformers. Yeah, not okay. a Transformers headache. Uh, and let's see. And then I we went and saw Godzilla, because I had Friday off for Audi's gra- preschool graduation, which was very cute. Uh, Godzilla, phenomenal. I said this to, I think, James. I think Godzilla is a better film. Had more fun watching Pacific Rim. There's also just a tonal difference between the two. Have you seen Godzilla yet? Not yet. You need to go see it. You need to go see it. It is definitely must-see on the big screen. It's such a movie you would enjoy. Sarah was kind of mad on it. And we were just kind of like, well, Friday night, we don't have anything to do. We did some errands. Okay, yeah, let's just go see Godzilla. She walked out of it loving it. Um, and agreed with me that it was a movie worth seeing on the big screen. That if you watch it on your TV, you're going to be kind of disappointing you yeah. to go see it. Kind of like I how I Pacific would, Rim. Yeah, Pacific Rim is a good example of that. World's End. Another one, since I didn't go see that on the big screen. I, one I almost wish I'd seen Pacific Rim in 3D. And I, I don't say that very often, but I, that was kind of one I went. Mm, I, they didn't offer 3D anymore for Godzilla, so I didn't even bother looking up to see it. I think I'm okay it. with that one, but yeah, definitely big screen movie. Definitely, definitely, definitely big definitely. screen. 
Uh, yeah, that's that point. That, 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 that point. Uh, yeah, let me go slow on the driveway. <laughs> How much do you know about it? Godzilla? Yeah. Next to nothing. Oh, okay, then I, I can't go into much else. Because you I are aware there was a movie called Godzilla. Yes, that, that much I know, and Brian Cranston's in it. That's pretty much the extent of and, my And uh, Kick-Ass, a.k.a. Quicksilver. He was in it? Yes. Was it? And uh, the Olsen... That's Scarlet Witch. That's right. I knew that they were both in Godzilla together. Which it's going to be weird going into Avengers now. Because they're, they're husband and wife in Godzilla. And then they're going to be brother and sister in Avengers 2. I didn't know that. I kept seeing press junkets where every every reporter was pressing them for information about the Avengers. <laughs> uh, it's a movie. Stellar acting, I thought, throughout it all. Um, uh, Aaron... I think it's the Quicksilver. Uh, yeah, Quicksilver. Uh, some to be desired, but I didn't go to see the movie about him. It was it, <laughs> his name's not in the title. His, he, 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 he's kind of the focus of the film, actually, and he does a fine job. But he, the role didn't require a lot of depth either, so I was okay with it. J- Brian Cranston did a phenomenal job. That's what I heard. Uh, Ken Montanabe did a really good yeah, job in it. That's right. I forgot Montanabe was. Um, Ash uh, Olsen did a. An okay job. Did you say Ashley Olsen? I started to say Ashley and then realized that's not the right Olsen. Elizabeth Olsen, yes. It's the little sister. The little sister. The one one that was not Michelle Tanner. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And the design choices in the film were wonderful, I thought. Um, There there was one I wasn't entirely pleased with, but I don't know what else they could have done. One I didn't like at first, but then something changed and I liked it. Um, The process of it was so spot on to a Godzilla movie and there's a lot of stuff where you know there's something going on but you don't get to see it. It kind of tees you with it throughout the whole film to make that big ultimate climax worth it. Because if you got it early on, it's kind of like, well, how are you going to top this? It's going to be even bigger. And so, yeah, everyone go see Godzilla. Phenomenal. And then I also watched um, The Darkest Hour. Oh, and R.A.P.D. Oh, you saw Men in Black Four. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I saw a Supernatural Men in Black. It could have it could have been good. There, there there were elements there that I think would have been really fun. Unfortunately, I think one of those things that kept it from being good, as much as I love him, it was Jeff Bridges. He handed up just a little yeah. too much. Mary Louise Parker was pretty great in the role. She was. Uh, Kevin Bacon was good. I liked him as the bad guy. Uh, what's his face? Spoilers. Uh, that's that's now, pretty early on. Nowadays, he shows up and you kind of assume he's going to be a bad guy. <laughs> Wait, is this movie called Footloose? Kevin Bacon's the bad guy. <laughs> um, I blanked on the main guy now. Van Wilder. Uh, uh, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds did a good job. Uh, he, I was kind of surprised he had a more serious role in the entire film. So well, when you're surprising. going against Jeff Bridges, you pretty much have to play the straight you got to play anymore. it down a lot, yeah. That's that's the thing that's frustrating, because Jeff Bridges used to be an actor. Yeah. He, he used to act, and now all of a sudden he's the last guy. Even, even uh, tough, true, true grit. True. I keep doing that. We did tough grit. <laughs> um, even with true grit, which is a phenomenal movie, but he's kind of latched onto the idea that I can hide behind a funny accent and be a character. And a caricature. Yeah, that's it. Is they're not characters; they're all caricatures of. Because he had a lot of lines that would have been funny, had it been dialed back a little bit. Yeah, 
And that's Every, where it comes down. Everybody since the Big Lebowski has been variations on the dude. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tron. Even Tron. Yeah. Because yeah. Tron was the existential yeah, dude. Exactly. <laughs> just, but that would have been Tron Legacy, right? Or Tron Legacy, pardon Yeah. Right. He, right. he was the existential technology dude. Yeah. yeah. Although, to be fair, he was pretty much in line with what he did in Tron. I don't think. You, you watch Tron, and he's funny. He's got all well, these little well, glib it's, it's liners him. about what a big door and, you know, okay, it's the big master control program. Everybody's talking. He's, he's in the moment. He's very cool. Now, admittedly, yeah, he's been trapped in this alternate universe for 20-some-odd years. But he's so zen that <laughs> it sucked all of the fun out of the Kevin Flynn character. And he kind of became this... He, he did feel more like the dude. Buddha, Christ-like, you know, yeah. character. Right. My humble opinion. <laughs> no, I agree. But yeah, R.I.P.D. was fun. Some of the design choices were really kind of neat, too. Uh, I think what also what falls down on why it's was harder to do was Men in Black is more of an idea that's kind of in the back of subconscious. Uh, more ideas of there are these Men in Black, there have been aliens. This, you kind of have to introduce what's going on much more than you did in Men in Black. Yeah. Men in Black, it's aliens are here, they're living. We just keep watch over them. This, you have to explain so much more of what's going on. And really, I think the best comparison of it is Men in Black meets Constantine. Story-wise, it's very much more Constantine. It's more Constantine. It's totally more Constantine. It Tone-wise, just has it's Men in Black. Men in Black. And the ideas. Even the trailer just looked like a Men in Black film. It's it's almost like they didn't... And part of I would have liked a design choice to make it stand out. Yeah. 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 And I'm part of it, I wonder if the director was trying to emulate Barry the director, and his style and sensibility is so unique and so wonderful that it's hard to recreate. And that's part of what I think gives Men in Black the magic that it has is his vision. That whimsy. Yeah, yeah. that whimsy, exactly. Because he brought the same thing to and set the tone for Pushing Daisies. He did the exact same thing, and it worked perfectly. But so, yeah. Uh, what was that when you said you... Uh, uh, the Darkest Hour. That well, was, kind of. Yeah. That was pretty. I was surprised by it. Did you want to have you seen that, that one? It's the one set in Russia, actually. Uh, alien invasion, but you can't see them, and they're like electrical. Uh, they they they, they would throw light bulbs down t- because anytime an alien would come by, it would light up. It, all electricity got cut from the world, and then these things would bring power back to stuff. That's how you knew they were there. It was actually, it was such a cool idea because you, they, they were on a, a different spectrum of, of light, you so you couldn't them. see them. They were invisible. But because they wound up lighting up things as they would pass by, it became safer to travel at night because the light bulbs would suddenly go and you knew one was near. And so all of a sudden this whole because you know horror movies and suspense movies, it's like, why would you go out at night? That's dumb. Well, now you have a reason to. It's like, okay, yeah, cool. You know, it just brought this whole. I thought it was a great concept. It was a great concept. I just wish it had been realized a little it, bit it better. It could have been realized a little better. I, but as far as it was, it was a fairly solid movie. I thought. I yeah. mean, it's. I, I was trying to come up with a good example to equate it to, and I can't think of any other good alien invasion films that you can compare it to because it's very much post-apocalyptic. It's these. Things come. The kid, these five kids, get hide out in this back storeroom until they run out of food for like a week, and then come out and everybody's gone. So it's kind of take a zombie movie shortly after the outbreak, like twenty eight days later, replace it with 
aliens, and that's kind of what the movie is. It's very much that, okay, we've got to go here because we've got to try this, and we're going to stupidly go do this, even though it's obviously no use, and then we're going to find our real purpose by going here, coincidentally. It's, it's very by-the-numbers, that sort of film, but the ideas in it are so unique and so wonderful that it's okay, that yeah. I don't mind it as much. And I thought the effects were really cool, too. And the effects did not look like something we had seen recently. Yeah, So that, was, that was cool. And um, I thought the acting, the, the kids did a pretty decent job, and they did some unique choices, I thought, with some of the characters. Well, I kind of went into it thinking, oh, there's going to be five of them. Yeah, there'll probably be four make it out and I was surprised at who did and who didn't because one of the main people I thought was going to be there through the end wasn't so <laughs> it was pretty impressive so I, I would highly recommend it I don't know if I would run out and own it but if I saw it cheap on Black Friday I'd pick it up and is rewatch it on Netflix it. or is it on it's, it's I, I got it in the library I've never What's bothered to look the darkest, the darkest hour. it's not a good title either it makes sense for what it is. Yeah. Did you see it in the theater? Did you watch it on the I, I borrowed it on the DVD. Did you watch short. the short? Yes. That was kind of neat, the too. Short, the short, I almost, honestly, I liked the short better than I liked <laughs> the movie. There's a short on the DVD of kind of following up of the events from the first. Because that, that's, that's another thing, is there's other ideas in the movie that they could have expounded on and explored, but they didn't. They stuck with the Survivor Cloverfield kind of just the kids. But it's not Story. a found footage film. But it's not I feel footage. like every time you bring up Cloverfield, <laughs> I have to throw that in there. It's not this, though. I go, I'm, I'm talking more of the main I know, story I of just... Cloverfield. <laughs> so, yeah, I highly recommend Darkest cool. Hour. I think that's all I've done. I had a lot of movies. Sounds like it. And I got a couple more on the coffee table for this week since I won't get to see Sarah all, all week. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, got the, I picked up the Way Way Back from the library. Let me know how that is. I will. And uh, this is the end. Let me know how that is. Because the only person that's recommended that to me is Garth, and I kind (laughs) of... What's this is the end? It's the Seth Rogen. End of the world. That group of people. Oh, okay. See? (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't have high expectations. This is the reaction I'm kind of expecting to get from that movie, but it's not the reaction Garth gave me. Well, somebody else gave me a review that was fun. It was a bunch of guys that got together and wanted to do this movie. I'll tell you, the best part of the movie is the the last 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes of it. Well, knowing that they killed Michael Sarah, it kind of makes me want to watch it. Well, that's just it. It's, It's so meta because it's everybody's playing themselves. Uh, yeah. Emma Watson, her part is just phenomenal. But overall, it's just... You have to really be fans of this group of people. Yeah, and, well, I, Which and I you used can to appreciate, be, and now I've fallen off. I can appreciate what they're doing because of who they are. I The story, though, is just really weak, and, and it's basically a gag film that's connected with a really thin plot. That's kind of what I expect problem. from it. Yeah. And there, like there, there are funny moments, but then there, are, there's a lot of stuff. I felt that the over-the-top minute moments outweighed the things that I thought were genuinely funny. So that was the that was the issue I had with it. And they're all playing caricatures of themselves. Yeah. Um, See, I but the cast honestly, list <laughs> the last 15 minutes really almost makes it worth watching the movie. Um, yeah. So I looked at the main <laughs> cast list, and it's like. Uh, I'm not really a fan of Jonah Hill. I mean, you see, that's just James it. Franco, I, eh, he's Jonah okay. Hill doesn't play. Seth Rogen. Jonah okay Hill plays sometime. himself, but not himself. I'm not a. I'm Seth not a Rogen huge. plays himself. Actually, Seth Rogen's probably the only one 
Seth Rogen and the other guy that <laughs> Jay Baruchel. Yeah, Jay Baruchel. The, They're the only Baruchel, ones that so. I I believed that's probably how they are in real life. The other ones were so over the top. James Franco was so over the top. Um, Craig Robinson, Craig I like. Robinson I like him. I'm not a yeah. big Danny McBride. They all it's, just, it's like Jay and Craig. I'm like, okay, there. Michael Cernan's barely in it. By yeah. The way, so yeah, I knew he died pretty early. There's a bunch of cameos though. So I'll get to that. And I'll bring my review next week. There's apparently a, uh, one of Garth's favorite parts is apparently there's a bit where they talk about making Pineapple Express too. <laughs> that, that see, was, I, I, see I, that's I, another see. moment. It's, there, I, I never saw Pineapple Express. Uh, you, the you in jokes, want, From what I understand, you might want to watch Pineapple Express so, first. Yeah, you, you might. Some I, of the, I got it. If you want some to of the end okay. jokes, yeah. some of the end jokes, they hit home. It's just that, that that's the problem is that they try to do a lot of the really over the top slapsticky stuff that just mm. fell short for me. Part of that's because I'm getting older. <laughs> but so, some of the jokes, the, I find yeah, talking I'm less about, tolerant of you people now. Talking about, I, I think that's one of those films that I would go back and enjoy watching with other people and MST3King it, and just oh. you know, just having fun with there, a group. And there are some films watching that are it on your own. Yeah, yeah, watching on your that's own. That's why we have flicks with friends. Good. Sometimes you just need a group yeah. of people around you. Yeah, exactly. What'd you do, Sean? Um, Don't watch that with your kids around, though. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> you, you won't be learning from any of my mistakes. I just just don't watch that with your friends around. My daughter, she saw that uh, she didn't see it. She didn't see any part of it, but she knew that Emma Watson was in it, and she asked if she could watch it. No, you cannot watch this. Well, let's hope they don't make the connection of Hiccup to Jay Baruchel and then want to watch it. Hiccup is Jay Baruchel. Hiccup? From Hiccup How to Train Your Dragon. Oh, yeah, okay. They might have. The voices don't necessarily click with him. Have, okay. It's more of a visual element. And he's also in RoboCop, but that, that's, oh, is he? <laughs> I the like him one. so much oh, that makes me want to watch RoboCop. He was the best part of Fanboys. <laughs> <laughs> yes, more of this, please. I have you know, by the way, it was on your recommendation that we got Jack Ryan because I we decided to watch a movie and I went to the Red Box and the first thing that popped there was Jack Ryan. I said. Sean, that was good, and I'm going to prove that I'm not his kryptonite. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so I rented it. <laughs> it was good. Every now and then I get one right, you know. I think with you, I bat about one in ten. <laughs> um, what did we do this week? Um, I, I broke down and turned the air on. <laughs> that was kind of a big monumental thing. When, when it hit 91 on Monday, I was like... And I'm done. <laughs> Close it up. We're turning this on. And then we had to have it recharged because it froze over twice this week. So that was not a lot of fun. Called the landlord and say, please come fix. Did they charge it or did they have to leave some, let some freon out of it? He actually had to charge it. Oh, he did? Yeah. yeah. He said it had a slow leak in it. Mm. Um, we, oh, the leaking what froze yeah, the, 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 oh, that, that's what, I got you. Well, the first time it froze over, I think Sometimes. it was because my filter was dirty. So oh. I changed the filter out and then it came Sometimes back ours would froze over if it was charged too much. If it was too, oh, really? Yeah, if, they, if they'd overcharged it, it would... What are you breaking over there? Oh. Oh. <laughs> Complete lack of concern on this end of the table. Oh. oh. <laughs> They're not mine. So, something you own that I don't. Yeah. Who cares? One of your <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> um, we did watch um, the animated Wonder Woman movie, which uh, came uh, on a very high recommendation from Arissa, my, my writing collaborator down in Texas, who's not listening, but hi, Arissa. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's phenomenal. It is so good. 
And it's one of those movies that infuriates me to no end that DC can't get this right. It's like, how can you do it right with an animated film? Here's DC. Listen up. I'm going to throw out a nickel's worth of free advice for you here, okay? Uh, well, obviously, if they can get it right with the cartoon, that means they can't. It's Warner Brothers that can't get it right. Yeah. Here's the deal. The guys that do the animated universe, um, uh, and I'm going to blank on all their names. Throw out some uh, Batman names for me. Um, <laughs> the Jokler. No. The guy that ran the animated series yeah. for the entire time it was on. TSA. Uh, um, what's his name? Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Okay. I want to say Tim. Tim. Uh, Bruce Tim. Yeah. Give Bruce Tim the reins and let him go. Just... Just do it. The animated Wonder Woman, this, for all of this hoopla over, you can't do a Wonder Woman movie, today's audiences aren't ready for it, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Let me tell you, they did so much right in this movie. Now, it helps that Nathan Fillion is the voice of the pilot that goes Ooh. down, and so it's an automatic. Okay, cool. And he is... That makes me want to watch the uh, Green Lantern. He goes, yeah, I'm, really, I'm ready for that one now. He's not just Nathan Fillion. He's so Nathan Fillion. It's just... <laughs> Dripping with wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You know who this is, don't you? <laughs> it's just awesome. But you know, so that he, he his, this pilot crashes on the island, and they make the decision that they're going to return him. And you know, we've had no contact. The mascara has been locked off and isolated and cloaked, and you can't see us. But we're we're going to go ahead and return the pilot. And so the mother gives uh, Diana the the outfit and says, "You will wear the colors of the country you're returning him to as a sign of respect." And it's like. So that's why she wears star-spangled underwear. Okay. That was it. That's all you had to do to fix that, and it worked. At one point, she fights this demon thing that comes out of the ground as a servant of Ares, and he's come for her. She takes her shoes off. Because she's out on the town with Steve, so she takes her heels off and proceeds to kick his butt barefoot. It's like, yeah, why not? And it just... It's such a good movie that it made me angry that there's this DC Warner Brothers, oh, you can't do that, nobody's ready for that yet. And and then I was struck with the very funny thought that if I am this angry, how angry are women that we oh, can't get this right yet? There's that. that. Just what is this? People aren't ready for it. No, you know who's not ready for it? The studios aren't ready for it. That's, that's the deal. And I don't know, it just... As good as it was, it infuriated me yeah. on a whole different political level. That. That just, oh, it was so good. Um, and then we watched... It goes uh, back to that meme of, yeah. of Clark and, and uh, Jonathan sitting on that tailgate and Jonathan saying to Clark, the world's just not ready for a uh, Wonder Woman movie. And then the next image down below is Rocket, Rocket Raccoon. Raccoon, and DC says, we're doing an effing film with a raccoon. We've got a talking, talking raccoon. raccoon. <laughs> Bring it on, world. That and the one where they're in the bar, and Wonder Woman's talking to the DC representative, and he says, well, we just don't think people are ready for a film that features a, a, a blonde hero with phenomenal hair and all these mystical overtones. And right next to her is this party of Marvel characters. And Thor's going, who's ready for number three? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it just... And that came right on the heels of the fact that I'd heard somebody supposedly is reporting that Kevin Smith has kind of been placed in a position of DC's Joss Whedon that he's going to be kind of the unofficial liaison for the studio. And I'm going, you know, I love Kevin Smith to death. 
I know he's got great. I know he's a huge fan. I read his. I read what read his purported Batman? to be his Superman or uh, yeah, Superman. Uh, was it good? Yeah, I heard great things about his Batman was line. I, I wouldn't know. I'm talking about his treatment for the film back oh, in the 90s. Uh, I'm the, talking yeah. the comic. Yeah, no. <laughs> the Nicolas Cage. One. Yeah, well, no. No. Because Nicolas Cage was not part of that. Uh, yeah, well, uh, I mean, that yeah. was, that was Burton's but it was before. And yeah. getting. Wanting to get. But yeah, that era. When yeah. he was. That was even before, The one that they changed yeah. and were like, can you put a giant spider exactly. in it? Exactly. That's the one. Before Wild Wild West okay, came out. Okay, bye. <laughs> I'm done. We, we, we hate him flying. No, I've can read you, that. Can you, can you I've read that treatment, and it. Just from his story of it, it sounded good. I, I love Kevin Smith to death. If you, if they want to let him write a couple of these movies, fine. I'm all for it. Don't let him direct them. I love his director. Kevin Smith. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think he, he would pull accept it as a director. Yeah. As a yeah. So I don't think he's he could joked pull about what his superhero movie directing would be. It'd be the two talking then going off screen and fighting. Because <laughs> that's what he does. It's <laughs> It'd be Jane Silent Bob. <laughs> it would be lock the camera down. <laughs> Um, I don't think you would. Yeah, take I, the I role. just I don't I don't think you could pull it off. So I don't know. I'm I'm just. But yeah, it's like why why can't we get this to work? So then we watched on a complete opposite end of the spectrum. Well, maybe not. Uh, we watched uh, 300 Rise of an Empire. Oh, how was that? Which comes out this Tuesday, just so that everybody's clear. Um, on DVD, it's already on DVD. Out. It's already it came it was, out. It was out in theaters. So we watched 300 first to kind of just refresh. And we actually wound up kind of skimming through it. Had and, you seen 300? Oh, yeah, we'd seen 300. I've seen 300 like uh, 300 times. <laughs> I love 300. I'm an apologist. I love this movie. It's, oh, it's such I, a I'm great not a hater. Experience. There are a lot of people. A lot of people did not like that film. It's it's just a visually eye candy pleasing film. Yeah, that's all there is to it. Very much so. I mean, it's a graphic novel on film. That's yeah. what it is. Rise of the Empire is set during the same three days, which I didn't know. Oh, as as, as, as three hundred, yeah, it's 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 a well, it's it's both prequel and sequel. It's an equal. Sure, it, it's it happens at the same time. Is that what that's called? Mm-hmm. An equal? Mm-hmm. I didn't know. <laughs> okay, we'll call it sure. that. Um, but it, it, it starts with um, so you get one Lena Headley. We start with Lena Headley, and she's kind of uh, telling the story. And uh, how this war started, and we have to go back ten years. So then you get this ten year ago flashback of the events that happened, and the previous Persian king is killed, and the guy who does it realizes that he screwed up because he should have killed Xerxes. He can see Xerxes' eyes, and he knows that Xerxes nuts, and that this kid's going to be trouble. But he didn't get him. Well, the Persians go away, and Xerxes rises to power, and then they come back, and that's when the events of this happen. Well, apparently when they attacked Greece, I don't know how historically accurate it is, um, the Xerxes, I'm, I'm just throwing that out, we're talking 300 in Zack Snyder, so keep that in mind. I don't know how historically accurate this is. 300 had a few nuggets of historical accuracy. I understand some of the quotes were actually uttered. Uh, this you know, is Sparta. This is Sparta was one of them. <laughs> Come back with Maybe your shield. Maybe not in that context. Come back no, with your shield is one. I don't know how historically. And uh, tonight we dine in when hell. I'm going to show it to my uh, history <laughs> class students. Tonight we dine in hell apparently was originally tonight we dine in Hades. Oh, Other than that's that. What you would, of course. That's what you would say. Other than that, it was historically accurate, sure. <laughs> but um, while Xerxes was up in the north attacking and dealing with the Spartans, the navy was coming in from the south 
to uh, attack the rest of Greece. And so it was this one guy with kind of a handful of ships. So it's mainly all sea-based combat, <clears throat> which is really interesting to watch. It did so hard to try to have the same visual flair as the first film. I think you should have tried to do something different. I kind of think so, too. Now, here's the deal. It looks like a Zack Snyder film that Zack Snyder didn't direct. So it looks like someone trying to be Zack Snyder. Yeah. Someone's emulating. And it didn't work. There there were these great slow-motion shots, which were used to fantastic effect in the first film, that here were just kind of like, you're boring me. You're boring me. You're boring. <laughs> All right, so it's not page, even anything exciting. It's just a guy seventeen running, you know. of three hundred. It looks like Zach used a slow motion shot here, so we need to pencil one into our page <laughs> seven well, that, in our script. That's the difference. Yeah. Is that in three hundred those shots kind of happened in the middle to the end of the film during all the battle stuff. He didn't have a random slow motion shot of the Senate squabble. (laughs) (laughs) This was like a random, at the very beginning, it was like the guy going, you remember 300? You remember how great that was? Look, here's another one of these. And I'm like, you just started. Nothing's happening yet. Eh. Um, Having said all that, it's, it's a better film than I'm probably making it out to be. It was still entertaining. It was still worth watching. I, I did enjoy it. It was still a graphic novel on screen. It was still a graphic novel on screen. Um, and, oh, what's her name? Ava Green. is the She is the villainess. She is the leader of Xerxes' navy. Is she creepy? She is creepy and brilliant. She looks like. And sexy as hell and topless for part of it. And uh, really amazing. Really, really an amazing performance. Um. The downside is that she doesn't really have anybody to play against because the lead guy that's on the other side, I can't remember his name to save my life, and he's actually kind of a forgettable character. Because as you're watching this, you're seeing all these Greek heroes rush into battle on these boats, and you're going, you guys aren't impressive. I'm sorry, none of these guys are not physically fit. I mean, they're all in shape and athletic. But they're not Spartans. <laughs> when Gerard Butler came out in the first film, it was like, holy crap, look at the pecs on that guy. Because they're huge. These guys were just guys. And so automatically it was like, eh. <laughs> it's, just, it's a weird, it, it, it kind of boils down to when I saw the trailer for it, I thought, why would you even bother making a sequel, prequel, a You've been trying for so long yeah. to make that movie, ever since 300 came yeah. out. Yeah, I was like, why would you even bother with this? Because the first one was such an iconic piece of eye candy that worked so well as a film. It's such an entertaining visual experience. Why would you even bother? And that was kind of my thought through the whole thing. It was like, it's not that I hate it. It's not that I'm not enjoying it. I'm just kind of going, why would you bother? It's like, because the first one was such a fun, feel-good romp. Well, it's because... I, and it's I like know making it, a sequel to Donnie Darko. Why? And here, here's the reason. I can tell you exactly the reason. What? Money. Money. Yeah. They produced the first one and thought to themselves, if we can get anywhere near Sin City's $80 million gross, we're thrilled. And instead, it made up two hundred million dollars, <laughs> and so they went. Well, we need another one of these. I'm surprised it took them so long. Actually, I'm not. It's been like ten years. Yeah, which is scary. Three hundreds of like when was that? Two thousand nine. That's not ten years. Oh, you're talking about you're talking about uh, Sin City being well. T- that too. That's t- that's ancient too now. <laughs> yeah, but three hundred came out in two thousand six. Two thousand six. So eight years. Oh, it has been almost ten. Years. I know, isn't that weird? Yeah. Where does time go? So we watched that. It's, it, I can't necessarily give it a hearty recommendation. It doesn't get it done enough, but it wasn't bad. It was. It was. It was. A, you know, if you have nothing better to do for two hours, sure, why not? It was no Jack Ryan. 
And then uh, we had. That was one thing I did like about RPD is it wasn't two hours. It was only like an hour and a half. Well, that's part of the paint by numbers Men in Black scenario. But that that worked to its benefit that it didn't feel like it dragged on forever. Yeah. Um, And we had Katrina this weekend and uh, had a much busier Saturday than we planned on just running around with errands and stuff, which is kind of unfortunate because there was also the Wild West Film Fest was this weekend. And. I kind of caught up with Dave right beforehand and was like, oh, are you going to do it? And he was like, I hadn't planned on it, but then I kind of thought, well, maybe. And I was like, oh, jeez, Dave. <laughs> okay. Well, keep me appraised. Send me the, the, the criteria. Let me know how it goes. And I just I didn't get a chance to even really check either. in with him. I, I so knew you were going to be as busy. So yeah. that's kind of why I figured it was like, oh, Glenn's birthday. No, we're not doing it. And I wanted said the same to. Thing. I wanted to, but we had all the plans. I mean, I didn't know we had plans set until the afternoon, which is when he was doing most of the stuff, and he asked me if I could come. And and I, yeah, I, I had we. I didn't know I had plans in the afternoon until they finally said, "Well, you have plans in the afternoon. <laughs> if, if there's time after, then yeah, absolutely." So, but I just. Yeah, well, Dave's comment was kind of how I felt about it. it was you know we've done that he one, we've help. won that one. Yeah. Okay, you know, we, but but then he, he kind of commented that he just wanted to do something fun. He's got a new camera. He wanted to try some new stuff. Have out you looked at the film yet? It's I up. haven't he's even seen it. Up yeah. on, uh, he's got it up on Vimeo now. So. Is it? Yeah. Is it good? I haven't watched it yet. Oh, okay. I just saw it posted before I came over. So, but yeah, just kind of had a you know, and then work today. So, yeah. that was my, that was that was my weekend. Wow, we talked a lot about. Sorry, stuff. movies. <laughs> well, we watched movies. a lot of stuff. This we week. watched a lot of stuff this week. I actually watched something this week too, so we added that much more. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, and someday we'll be smart and we'll actually split this off into a second podcast <laughs> called Flicks with Friends, and yeah, it'll just be our movie discussions. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to news. Who yeah, cares? I do. Um, <laughs> I saw a post that uh, Janet Fielding is in remission from cancer. So Yay! congratulations, Tegan. It's funny that last week, I think, is what I just mentioned when we were talking about her coming to Gallifrey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that where she's going? And I said she must be, she must be doing, doing well. So yeah, I think it goes right after we finish recording, of course. Confirmation that. this week that uh, she is in remission and uh, all all is clear so far, and hopefully it stays that way. So, yay! Yeah. The next bit of news, according to Paul McGann, production on a sequel to the 50th anniversary spoof, The Five-ish Doctors reboot, is underway. Which I would absolutely love to see happen. I just don't know that I can believe it yet until it, until it's officially <laughs> announced that it's happening. Okay. Paul's pretty reliable. I think if he says he's doing something, he's doing something. I don't think he'd play with people, but yeah, yeah, I'm not in the fiftieth. <laughs> so I, I you, you know, sly dog, you. I don't, I don't know. I, I, had somebody, I had somebody come into work today by Doctor Who the movie and they hadn't seen it. They were just buying it because it was the only thing that was available with Paul McGann. And I was like, oh, I'm so happy you're going to take this one. <laughs> it was like a little fangirl that kind of looked at me like I was scary. But yeah. That's exciting news. I'd like to see it happen. More Paul McGann. I don't know where they'll go with it. I don't know That's where they would That's just it. Yeah. Where, where, where could you possibly go with it? Because but, with the first one, you had something to build around. Yeah. But these guys have been a lot of conventions lately together. They're, in fact, they're almost all on the same convention circuits to a point. They're, they're, they're intersecting as they hit. So I wonder if maybe that'll be more of the focus is the the convention idea. You know, being at these different places and I could adapt the convention my, uh, of the conventions. I could adapt my Shatner uh, uh, West West story a, uh, to a doctor story. I'll just, the, uh, I'll, just I'll just call up uh, Davison and say I've got your script. It's all set and ready to go. <laughs> Maybe they'll get Tom this time. 
That would be pretty cool. <laughs> and then lastly... Uh, we got some new details on the 12th Doctor comic that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Yeah, which I think we talked about this two weeks ago, that it was surprised then that we were getting uh, not only 10 and 11, but a 12th Doctor comic. Yeah. So now we've got more details on that. Uh, so it'll feature the 12th Doctor and Clara. And um, I'll include in another in a separate post uh, some covers that have been released. Uh, oh hey, look! It's that one production photo. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. <laughs> a little, a little tweet, a little tweet. They're sure getting the mileage on that, aren't they? But some details of New Doctor, New Beginning, offering shocks, surprises, and time stream shaking revelations. Don't miss your chance to get on board with the amazing ongoing series. Eagle Award-winning writer Robbie Morrison and New York Times best-selling artist Dave Taylor dive headfirst into the TARDIS console room and spin a new Doctor off his most challenging destination yet. Time stream shaking? That's what this says. That's oh, what the I'm press says. I'm calling it now. Shock a drug, Doctor. <laughs> He's going to meet him. Why isn't there a... <laughs> no, sir, I just, it just hit me. Why not? He's, Why an, not? he's animated. He, that is the most perfect Why comic not? book Doctor you could possibly do. The Adventures of Shaka Doctor. Why not? One of the covers is the no frills, no scarf, no messing, just 100% Rebel Time Lord. It <laughs> says that next to the promotion show. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you getting tired of this shot? I'm, 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 is this your... I'm not tired of that image, but it, we are at a point where we are. Which one? Surely the Tom Baker he took. Surely he took more pictures nope, in that costume the than the one they're getting all this mileage out of. But well, it's it, for, for the number one yeah. issue. It's it's the you know there there are two shots of Capaldi apparently. There's this one or the mini Tardis one. <laughs> and you Which, can't put that yeah, one on a cover of that's comics, getting so. the yeah that's getting a lot of uh, mileage now as well too I do I do chuckle every time I see him trying to crawl out of that thing in that one image that's his that's crawl out or crawl in yeah it's hard telling that that's pretty funny alright well let's move on to feedback first up Mark I never meant to be so bad to you One thing I said that I would never do A note from you and I would fall from grace And that would wipe the smile right from my face Do you remember when I used to sing About the show and stuff that you'd write in One thing led to another, I was done. And we would scream together, songs unsung. (laughs) I used to sing out the feedback, telling me what your heart meant. Sing out the feedback to keep you happy. (laughs) And now we find ourselves 182. These songless sods hold no charm for you. You just can't turn yourself with bigger things. Just sit and wonder when will Sean sing? (laughs) 
And so I will sing out the feedback. Sing out the feedback. Sing out the feedback, though maybe off key. <laughs> Bravo! It must be summer. He must not have, must not have school and the job. He's recovered from school. Mark writes, "Hey oh, guys, oh, you know, have you kept your lyrics for all of them? That you've oh yeah. Written? You got to record an album. <laughs> I think we talked about that before. KTL Records. Sings. <laughs> oh, we can even do the two we did. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, those would be added bonus content. Yeah." Well, and that would be the hidden track, the one he just did. <laughs> or the beginning of a whole new album. No one would buy it. <laughs> I think a few people would buy it. No one would buy it. Mark writes, hey guys, I've slowly been catching up on all your podcasts and figured I'd send you a message before we came to the alternative of cousins who only speak to each other after a couple of pints on holiday weekends. On a kind of related note, I bumped into like a third cousin of mine at a family party last week. He asked if my five-year-old cousin was my daughter. I am not ready for a daughter. (laughs) I can barely be trusted to own a TV. So to fix this, I'm attempting to ungrow up, which so far has involved a trip to Tokyo and playing puzzle games of the Celestial Toymaker. Quite an underrated episode, by the way. If you guys haven't seen it, you should add it to the schedule. It's more of a rainy day episode. Hope everything's going well for you guys. I really am enjoying the podcast as always. Glad to see the format still works, and you are as hilarious as per. All the best from Mark Lee. It must be a British thing. All the best from Mark Lee. Oh, and P.S. Alex, mate. I sent you a message like three days ago. You still haven't got back to me. I realize how forgetful you are with your phone, so I thought I'd send a message to America in order for you to receive it three streets away from me. Ah, laziness and technology. Thank you, guys. Thank Good you, to Mark. hear from you, hey, Mark. Mark. Call, uh, <laughs> Alex. Alex, call Mark, please. <laughs> and if or anybody else has any whatever. voicemail they'd like us to read out, send it in. <laughs> oh, good stuff, good stuff. Up next is Eric. Wait, you got any other songs since you want I don't have any other I was kind of hoping was... maybe there'd be one before Eric. Oh, good Lord, man. <laughs> <laughs> you are such an optimist. I love it. Our next one is from Eric, and Eric writes, Okay, guys, I'll try to be brief. First off, sorry to leave you out of my happy Father's Day wish to Glenn, Sean, but I was confused about your status. At one point, I thought you heard you speak of having kids, but then going through the older shows, I didn't hear anything similar, and I thought it must have been Glenn I was thinking of. So Mel does have a child, children, and are you a sort of a father then? Is that right? Sorry, mainlining and skipping around is apparently out of me. <laughs> I suppose the uh, official uh, genealogy of the Collins household is in order. Um, I have no kids of my own that I'm aware of. Um, <laughs> uh, Mel has three kids uh, from uh, her previous marriage. Uh, son Cody, who is 21. They'll be 22 this July. My goodness. Um, Jessica, a daughter who is... 19, 20, 19. Uh, no, she just turned 20. No, she's 19. And uh, you can tell how great I am at this. And uh, Billy uh, is the youngest, and he just turned 16. But Billy's the only one who's still at home. So, and you have a granddaughter. And I have a granddaughter who is Cody's. The oldest yes. one has, has, a, has a daughter. And uh, Katrina, who I dote on um, fiercely and was so touched because I had yesterday off and got to spend all, you know, all day with her because we had her this weekend. 
and then got up this morning and had to go to work and she was sad and asked for a hug and put her head on my shoulder and I didn't want to go. Uh, so could, biologically, no, but you, like, as, as well, I said last week, you're, you're essentially, the stepfather, yeah, I'm, I'm stepfather. essentially the, uh, the, the, the stepfather figure to these kids. Despite um, not being married. Despite not being married, yes. I'm the, I'm the evil stepfather to these kids. <laughs> I'm sure sometimes it comes away, across that way, sometimes it doesn't. The stern older brother. I don't know what to call myself, but uh, yeah, and Katrina will be three in September. Oh, so. wow. wow. Going quick. Having just seen her again on Friday, it's been a little bit since I had seen her, and she's grown a lot. Yeah, but it, but I do have kids too. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, next, better goat picks. <laughs> Here are the pictures of all the remaining kids from this year in order. They are Leela, Brigadier, Nissa, and Harkness. If you're wondering what that is all over Leela's face, well, it's a bit of a story. Last night we came home from a party late and found her. St- oh, I for a minute there I thought Leela came home from a party state. Late. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Last night we came home from a party late, and I found her stuck in my in our chicken coop by herself with a chick water container on her head. It's the attached photo. While it was amusing at the moment of the photo, our efforts to remove her head from it broke her horn nub off. Ouch! Causing her to bleed profusely. Profusely. Eventually, I was able to get the bleeding to stop. No thanks to her by pouring generous amounts of ferrous sulfate on it. Unfortunately, I couldn't avoid getting it in her eye, and I'm not really sure what it will do to it in the long run, but it might be more appropriate to, at some point to give her an eye patch instead of her brother. It's <laughs> 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 a bit of serendipity there. Well, you I boys think. are terrible laughing at that poor goat's misfortune. Uh, uh, he goes on to say, about my comment regarding the older podcast episodes, I'm sorry for not fully explaining what I meant. I can play them off the website and did that for the Torchwood Season 2 review, but now that I can download them, I prefer to do that since I can play it in the background away from Wi-Fi. If I have to stop in the middle, it saves my place. Also, they're they're sometimes easier to find than going through the website. Okay. And in that situation, Eric, I think you've run into the cap for iTunes. Unfortunately, we can't have more than 100 back from the previous show that we – or from the actual show we have to date. So – However, well, there's you still can, a direct link on the yeah, website. Yeah, and that's, I, I, I'm afraid that he's, that's what he's wanting to avoid, is having to go to the website from it for it. But there is underneath the pod player, There's, uh, I think it says what the episode title is, the link. I think the third or fourth one in line says download. If you click there, you can download it to... If you're doing it on your iPad, I'm not sure if it works this way because I, I don't. I think I've never downloaded anything like that. But you can download the episode that way, and if for some way you can get it into iTunes, you can listen to it as an MP3. Um, in that situation, you would probably it wouldn't remember playback position. But it probably would if it's in the iTunes. It should not necessarily because so, if it looks at it as an MP3. You'd have to go into iTunes and mark it so that you could remember his playback position. Why don't we just plan ahead and register with iTunes that there's a new podcast coming out called <laughs> Traveling the Vortex 2.0? We'll just call it Traveling the Vortex Archive. I mean, that's another way and, to do and, it. And they can archive another hundred of them for us, and then there'll be a 3.0. And because it's or part season of, one, it, season two. I because it's against their terms of service. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Legally, we can't do that, so... Um, so unfortunately, you've you've run into that, but it, I think that the workaround, obviously, Eric, is to to go there and download from the direct link and get it that way, and then play it through iTunes as opposed to your podcast um, player. So I knew I didn't like iTunes for a reason. <laughs> 
Um, I, oh, I so have been. You what? might be able to go to our one of our feed other feed burner seeds. Uh, I need to ch- do some checking, Eric. Now that I think about it, because I think maybe I should direct you. I think we're on. I think it's called Stitch. What is it? We're, we were on a, we're on a couple other podcast services, and I can't remember them right off the top of my head because it's been so long. But I've, I set them up. That might be a way to go there and download Fire and it. forget. Yeah. Well, there might be a way to go there and download it that way. So let me do some investigating and see if I can get an email. Actually, I tried to send an email out to him uh, this last week to explain what I was trying to explain on the show. And my uh, email failed going out of our Traveling the Vortex box because that's how I was trying to send it. And really? so I have something – I think I have something wrong with my mm-hmm. uh, email program. So I, I meant to get it fixed and then I never revisited it. So – I will try to get back with you and see if I can find the other uh, aggregators. Maybe they'll bring it into iTunes as a podcast that way. So that, that, that would explain why when I was listening to the second episode of the Five-ish Fangirls, switched to music and went back, it didn't save my place. Yes, because anything that's an MP3 is not as natively as marked. As, as long as you're still playing right. it. If, if, you'll you go into your, in if you'll go into your iTunes before you export it to your iPod, you have an option to go in there in options and tick a box that says, remember, playback position. And that will allow you to play back here to, to, re, to remember. Podcasts automatically do that when we set them up. And, in fact, iTunes automatically does that when it Download when it populates our, our or aggregates our, our um, podcast from our RSS feed. Unfortunately, if you get the MP3 version, which resides on our server, then that then, one is yeah. just recognized as an MP3 by iTunes you or your it iTunes player. Podcast exactly. in iTunes. Okay, exactly. that makes more so, sense. So yeah, tick that box if you have anything you're going to listen to that you want. You don't want it to. Uh, you want it to remember where you left. And it. especially if you're going to switch back and forth, because leaving it in the now playing is fine. Correct. Yeah, if you left it in there and you didn't go off to something else, it you'll was, be it fine. Would, yeah. It'll pick up where you left yeah. off, but it won't do that if you. That's if what you, I was confused. If you about. navigate away from it, navigate yeah. back, then yeah, you're. You, that makes more sense. Or or loaded, I guess I should say, is a more appropriate word. So yeah, Eric, I'm, um, let me. I'll get back with you on some of those other avenues of how to do that, but that might be the way to do it now is look for that little, it's a tiny little download link in there and uh, do it that way and try that, give that a shot. Uh, and then he says, Glenn, I agree with your sentiments about Captain Jack completely. I just wanted to make sure you gave proper credit for his creation. I'm sorry to have to say that I do not share the opinions of TTV on Stephen Moffat and it seems to me like your preference for him over RTD was interfering with your understanding of the facts. Okay, Yeah, you did kind of clear that up for us. I I will admit that I think I was giving a little too much credit to Stephen. But Moffat rules! <laughs> but I also still don't agree with the direction they've taken, Jack. So. Um, oh, I think I've misspelled Copicking in my <laughs> last email. The second C is soft. Okay, so it's Coppicine? Coppicine. Ah. Coppice. Coppicine. We were saying coppice. The infinitive coppicine. is to coppice. All right. The infinitive is to coppice. Gotcha. Coppicine. All right. And also, uh, one other bit of house clicking, Eric. I, sometimes this happens, and, and in doing this many shows, I owe you an apology. You were trying to explain to us that, and I think Sean and Keith got this now that I listened back to last week's, well, when I was editing and listening to last week's podcast. You were trying to educate us on the fact that the subscription service you can jump in at any time and get twelve months wherever you want. And I still was—I I jumped in, so well, yeah, I knew that. I was still thinking when I said that that you had to do twelve months in blocks that were broke out. 
and I was totally fluffing off what you said and without really thinking about it. And years ago when I did a, a subscription, years and years ago, that's how I thought it worked for me. So I apologize if I was being a little <laughs> flippant with what you were saying and saying, well, no, I knew that because I d- didn't wasn't clear until I listened to it back the second time that, yeah, okay, I understand you were educating us on the fact that you can jump in and do 12 months wherever you want and get 12 months worth, right? Now, yeah, do I have that yeah, right yeah. now? I'm, I'm, so that makes sense to me now. So I apologize. You were reaffirming what he was saying well, last I, time. Well, I... I, I the one, when I in a totally to antagonistic, it, not quite well, their way. That's yeah. just it. In, a, well, in the back of my mind, I still was thinking, no, but it still has to be a 12-month block from a certain spot. But he was, <laughs> as I listened to it, it made it more clear in my mind that, oh, I see what you're saying. You can jump on board anywhere and get a subscription back through the catalog of anything at any time. Right? Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I apologize worse. if I was yeah. if I was kind of just going. Yeah. Well, I knew that because I didn't. Now that I listened to you, and I still had in my hand. As, as I understand this to work, you can't get April, and then next May, and then next October, from three years apart. Right. But you can get April through April. the following April. April as twelve months, and you can do that anywhere. You can right. jump yes. on it anywhere right. in that. Okay. That's that's what I wasn't. What that was what wasn't clear in my head, or I thought. I, I thought was the other way, and then listen back. I thought, oh, I think I misinterpreted what he said. So yeah, so thank you very much for for clearing that up for us also on on uh, last week's show because that's very helpful, especially for anybody that wants to uh, subscribe to Big Finish. And I haven't subscribed in forever. I just pick up what I need now as as we go whenever we're listening to them. Poor goat. <laughs> <laughs> I will post those pictures of the goats again uh, to the. To our website, so just head there if you want to see pictures of the kids. Where did Sutek go? And just to clarify, Sutek your... is <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we went just to clarify, week. Sutek is the second one. Yes, because he totally looks cute. like Sutek. This one the doesn't. The, the, her eye doesn't look too bad. Mm, just looks a little dirty. Yeah. Um, and just to clarify, and of course you probably are in a better position because you just listened to them versus when we recorded them, which was oh so long ago. But I don't think any of us don't like RTD. I don't think we ever gave oh, that no, impression. No. We just we, are really we enjoying Moffat's we, we certainly do. We, we praise a lot of heap of praise on Stephen Moffat. I think we which, all quite enjoy Stephen Moffat's yeah. writing. But I don't think any of us ever said that we didn't like RTD. Yeah. No. I think RTD had... It's a different style. He, it it's was a different, different style. style. And I did think he had a way of sort of really kind of pushing and embellishing some things that I thought that RTD... I thought Stephen Moffat railed back for a little while, but then there's a lot of RTD style in yeah. some of the things that Moffat has done in the past as well. So I think they're, they're, they're two different styles, but they... I think they've both tended to kind of do some of the same things uh, among both their runs. So I, I yeah, no, I we hail <laughs> RTD because he <laughs> well, got this back on on the air and and brought it back superbly. I mean, I think that he that it was in the right hands with RTD. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was certainly in the right hands to bring it back. So. Absolutely. And we typically don't we try not to use the word hate in relation to Doctor Who in general. Yeah. Yeah. Even J and T era. We don't we try to we don't say hate. dislike and we say all who is good who. So, yeah. so <laughs> any who is We're sorry good. if we get the impression we hated something yeah, in Doctor no. Who because yeah, we really, there are lots of stuff we don't listen really we don't anything. like but we don't yeah. I think even Unicorn and the Wasp you don't hate. Oh no no no. 
Even Twin Dilemma. Even there's, twin there's dilemma. elements of it that I dislike. Yes. <laughs> well, that's another thing. Even we Space Buffalo. Ab- we were talking mm-hmm. about... <laughs> I don't know. We that were, one that might be the <laughs> We were talking about that list, and I never brought up the fact Unicorn and the Wasp because I wouldn't place it in my bottom ten because it's got a lot of great elements to it. The, the, it's the caricatureness of it that I don't like, and that's that's only one element of it. So. Yeah. All right. All right, moving on. Thank you, Eric. Yes, thank you, Eric. Yes. Chrissy writes, Hidden Treasures. Dear Vortex Boys and number one fan of the five-ish fangirls, Glenn, happy birthday yesterday, by the way. <laughs> They're all acknowledging my title. <laughs> I meant to mention this last week, but I forgot. I know Glenn's talked about watching Arrow, and I finished up the first season. Holy cow. That is a fantastic show. That's what I've been telling these two. I don't usually watch the CW, because most of the shows I've seen on that channel are these overblown, overwrought teenage dramas that kill your brain cells. That's why I stayed off of it the first (laughs) season. So I was a little hesitant to start anything that came from the same place as Gossip Girl and the Vampire Diaries. But I've heard a lot of good things about Arrow. So I, so I decided to give it a shot. And while there are some overwrought angst in, in some of the storylines, it's balanced out with some excellent writing and really good characters. I completely adore Felicity Smoke. Most of the other female characters started out whiny and annoying and too preoccupied with all their baggage from their backstories. I still want to smack Laurel every other episode. And I don't get... And don't even get me started on Thea though she did get better as time went on. But Felicity is snarky and fun and doesn't take Oliver's crap uh, that some of the other characters seem to tolerate from him. I also like how the story is structured with going between events happening in present day at Starling City then flashbacks to Oliver's time on the island. I think a lot of that make Oliver a much more likable character than he would be otherwise. Uh, and, and I'll tell you, Chrissy, that the second season is even heads and above beyond better than the first season. So I'm excited for you to get in the next one. Um, Felicity, the the uh, quote-unquote nerdy yes, girl uh, the, the tech girl. I did like, from yeah. what I saw the show, yeah. I liked her too. And, um, well, and she, she even... Beyond where you left off, she starts to play an even more prominent role. I assume that she ended up finding out who he was. Yeah. And so, um, spoilers. And uh, <laughs> I, I just said I didn't even get well, to that point. I assumed that point, was going to happen. Number of people that know who he is gets a little ridiculous in season two. But um, other female, the other female characters get really, really strong. In fact, there is a character that will show up in the second season that I think you'll be quite shocked. By and she's a very, a very strong female character as well. So I think hopefully you'll enjoy the second season. I think the the second season of of Arrow is some of the best television I've seen ever. It's literally that good. Really? Oh That's yeah. Impressive. I'm 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 just I'm so sad that none of you guys are watching it because there's only one guy that I know watching it that I can talk about it with because uh, it's it is it's it's event television. It's it. it it's better than Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And you guys know how much I've raved about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., especially the last part of the season. It's it's heads and above that. It's literally the best show on television right now. And and some of the best television ever. I, I <laughs> wish you guys would catch up because it is so good. I might this summer. We'll see. Um, low battery. going to plug this one in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so go on. <laughs> uh, anyway. I'm glad you're enjoying it, Chris. I'll load it up on my list. <laughs> 
Arrow's a great show. It seems like DC does all right with putting their characters on TV, which kind of makes me wonder, why does DC insist on trotting out Batman and Superman over and over again? I mean, if they have these other fantastic characters in story, why don't they let these those characters shine as well? Because they're go-to characters that everybody's familiar with. Yeah, pretty much. I know they're doing... Dollars. A, well, look how well uh, Green Lantern worked out for them. <laughs> I know they're doing a Batman prequel series on Fox, which I'm not in the least bit excited about. It's like we've done this before. Repeatedly. Not to mention we're getting uh, the Batman vs. Superman movie that's actually a cobbled-together Justice League movie so DC can play catch-up to Marvel. And they just look end up looking pathetic. I swear, every time DC makes a big movie announcement, there's a room of Marvel executives laughing that laughing themselves silly because it's obvious that DC is just scrambling to stay relevant while Marvel puts out hit after hit after hit. I think DC needs to focus on putting some lesser-known characters like Green Arrow and The Flash on TV and let those characters have a decent shot at a story. Let Batman and Superman rest for a time and let's get something new in the public consciousness. That might be an unpopular opinion, and I admit, I'm not steeped in the lore of the comics, so maybe my opinions don't count among the High Lord fanboys of the comic book aisle. But I'm tired of the same old stuff. Well, Chris, I think that's probably a, a, a common... Um, I think that's a common statement for a lot of people. I think a lot of people are feeling that way. And I think even even the comic book fanboys are laughing at DV, DC going, you've got to do this right, eventually. So, I mean, it's... Or maybe not. You know, maybe not. <laughs> So I, I, I completely concur. I, I'll tell you, it's just the Gotham thing, as, as soon as it was announced, I cringed because I felt the same thing. I thought, been there, done that. It was a Smallville all over again. I don't care about the backstory of these people. And you're just trying to capture the Nolan spirit on television with a Gotham film. It wasn't until that I saw the trailer and understood what they were doing with it, that it's all Commissioner Gordon from his perspective. Batman's not even in it. Bruce Wayne is a uh, young boy. Yeah. I kind of I, I, I'm ready to give it a shot. I don't know that it'll work, but I'm, I'm ready to give it a shot and give it a try. So. Plus, NBC's doing Constantine, and it looks really good. So, which is another DC comic. I worry about Constantine. It doesn't look dark enough. It looks like an NBC dark, and that's just yeah. Dracula, and that's just wrong. I don't know. NBC's doing really good with. Grim is dark, good. Dark dramas. If they if they if they can get the Grim, but Grim is also good because it's kind of light at the same time. Well, I, I, think, nice that's I think that's what they want to do with if, Constantine. If they can do is that, they want to keep some light moments so that the dark doesn't feel too dark. Because I think you alienate a lot of people. Yeah, and I that's think true. that the, if you can keep the if you can keep some of the wit and humor in there, you can still deal with those really dark elements. Part I think that's what they're looking for. People like American I've seen, Horror Story. I've actually, that was another thing that I've done recently is watch the pilot to Constantine, and it looks really good. It looks really good. <laughs> I think part of the problem is since the, but Const- I didn't like the, movie, since so. the Constantine movie came out. You did or did not? Did not. Did not. Supernatural introduced a character that dressed exactly, exactly like Constantine but has brown hair and is an angel. So it looks like NBC is trying to rip off Supernatural. <laughs> that's what it looks like to me. Yeah. With Harold Perrineau. Yeah. Uh, no, I, it's... There's a little what? different. There's a little different feel there, but it, I, and that's just from the trailer. Yeah. So I haven't seen the pilot. I'm going to give the pilot a shot. <clears throat> and watching the trailer for Gotham, made, I, hearing things about it made me think, oh, okay, yeah, great. That sounds great. Watching the trailer makes me worried it's going to be all about young Bruce Wayne. Oh, see, I didn't. See, I, I, got, did, I had the reverse I didn't get reaction. that. I think what they did is they put young Bruce Wayne in there to make it obvious that hey, 
this is not a Batman story. Well, this is what, a Commissioner Gordon story. And Commissioner Gordon's kind of watching over him. But Yeah, I, I'm still worried there's going to be too much young Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I think we'll be all right. There was a comic series. Fox that, does not like to do kids. They don't like to do stories with kids. And oh, they're the ones yeah. doing this, so I don't think we're going to see that. There was a, a comic series that came out called... Uh, Gotham PD. Was it Gotham PD? I think was that's that the what name it was of it? called. Gotham Undercover. That's, Gotham. What that's essentially what it was, Gotham PD. And I thought, this is the greatest idea ever, because it's just about the the, the poor cops that have to deal with this crime-ridden cesspool and go to work every day and, and deal with all that. And then Batman shows up and gets all the publicity. And, you know, and the credits. And, and the credit. But these guys are out there working their butts off on the streets, and I thought, this is going to be really cool. So if Gotham's anything like that... well. That's from what I understand, they're they're farming ideas from that. They're also farming ideas from another Commissioner Gordon uh, series that they did that predates the Batman stories, and they're 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 borrowing from that as well. So I think if they if they go to the source, that's what Marvel does, and Marvel does well. If you go to the source material and you change it just enough to make it work on screen, you're going to have success. Because if it was successful one time, it's going to be successful again. <laughs> I'm going to throw in one more thing in here, and then I'm done talking about comic books for tonight. I had an interesting conversation with James where we were discussing the Marvel DC schism and why these are successful and these aren't, and why these probably aren't going to be successful in DC's end as far as the, the, the movie universe goes. Flavor? Um, he thinks it's an age differential, quite honestly. The people over at Marvel and Disney who are coming up in the ranks and directing these blockbuster films are all of an age to remember the 80s era Marvel, right. which was huge. And, and yeah. extremely popular comic books at the time. 70s and 80s. Yes. 70s and 80s. And these are all guys who were weaned on that kind of stuff. And it wasn't until... Correct me if I'm wrong, because you're going to be more on this tonight, because this is, this is his theory. I'm just repostulating it. Late 80s was when DC finally shook up their universe and kind of did well, some it, new it stuff. It doing... Trying to... It was Death of Superman kind of, kind of brought them back up to the forefront, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well... Well, it was even before that crisis. Crisis was crisis before that. Late late eighties, mid to late eighties. Okay, so crisis screws everything up and then fixes it, and then Death of Superman screws everything up hardcore and then tried to fix it and it never really did in my mind. Uh, But death didn't really. It screws up. Death was just death was just a way to step away from the Superman stories and reimagine how they were going to deal without Superman in the universe. But then they decided quickly that that wasn't lucrative, so they brought him back. Okay, we'll stay with that. Um, <laughs> I saw another interview with this guy that uh, he, he put this theory out there that realistically it wasn't until the Death of Superman arc that they, they broke death, essentially. Yeah. Because a comic book character died prior to that and was dead. Yeah. yeah. And that was the end of it. They were gone. When they decided to kill somebody else, that was it. They killed off Superman, which is the holy grail of these big comic book characters, and then cheaply and very poorly, which I have read most of those brought him back and it didn't work and so now all of a sudden death is meaningless because they can be brought back and you can come up with some lame excuse for doing it anyway they've been doing that in the marvel universe though too well but marvel's known for that marvel but marvel but marvel is very clever at how it brings right people and they don't make an event out of it that's what happened was the superman thing was an event even batman's was an event yeah well but, but he didn't die they just took him out of service for a while well they they he was thought dead for a while they killed him and then DC, because uh, yeah, it but, was what, Grant Morrison? I don't remember. Who, whoever wrote it screwed it up and killed no. him. And then they decided, no, we really don't want him to die. So they brought in other writers to fix it. And instead yeah. of dying, he 
got transported go back, back in time, time. Yeah. and he's working his way back up to the was like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> Not even I can get excited about this. post what I was reading. Then. I yeah. thought you were this was about just a couple years ago. I thought ago. About the, oh, okay. This was yeah, before the new 52, right I, before I, the new 52. Yeah. I, I discount anything that happened now <laughs> recently. Anyway. Because that's not what you farm from. Don't farm from those stories. Don't farm from recent farm stories. from the stuff that, yeah. that people know from the 80s. Yeah. My point was that DC's had this wonderful animated universe, that you had Justice League, that you had um, uh, a Green Lantern, you had a, a, a Batman, uh, that all these animated shows are on. Where where are where are these guys that you're, you're the kids that grew up with that stuff and know that these superheroes can be cool? And James pointed out that the generation that grew up with those because I mean we're old guys and we watch cartoons, but the generation that really grew up with them hasn't quite come into power yet in these mm-hmm. positions yeah. where they're going to be influenced by guard. them. They're still an old guard. It's still the, the old guard yeah. in Hollywood on the DC end. Yeah. And it's not going to be until probably another 10 years down the road before that generation comes into their own and we start seeing good DC movies. Exp- and I hate to say that, but I think he's right. I think we're going to go through a drought that. of DC stuff for a Let while. Let me spou- expound on that. You know why it's the DC animated than bad. You know why the DC animated universe is so good? Was so good? Tell me. Because they farmed stories from the 1970s and 80s, which is what Marvel is doing right now for its its big screen stuff. They found the material that worked in the comics, and they brought it to the screen, to the small screen. And that's why every one of those stories worked. And that's that's what Marvel is doing with films on the big screen. And as long as they continue to do that, then they're gonna they're gonna mint gold because they're gonna get guys like me that read those in those days, seeing it on the big screen, tweaked and reimagined a bit, but seeing that same same core that worked with us as kids. And also, those stories were good enough that anybody that comes to it knew it was good then, it's going to be good now. Yeah. And that's what's That's, that's the what key. Somebody like me who hasn't read those issues is coming to him going, this is an entertaining story told yeah, well. Exactly. And so I'm getting enjoyment out of that versus Man of Steel, which was not. It was... It was a rehash of things I'd already seen and not done very well, and so I agree with you. I think, and I hate to, I hate to say that because I want to be hyped for this universe. I want to be hyped for all these new movies that are coming out. But I, I got to agree with James. I think I think he's right. I think we're going to get a couple of really crappy yeah. substandard movies that unfortunately will probably make some money. Well, because and then there's going to be a couple of colossal bombs in that bunch, and DC's going to have to go back and start over again. And it's unfortunate because of the characters. I think there's some great... I'll go so far as to say that I think, honestly, in my opinion, the DC stable of characters, I think are actually better than the Marvel ones. Not necessarily plot, not necessarily story, just characters, I think, might actually be better. And I'm sure I will invite all kinds of hate mail on that one. (laughs) But we don't hate anything, we just like it. But it's just the fact that they don't know how to do it. They haven't figured it out yet. And until they do, it's not going to work. Anyway, I'm done talking about that. Continue with Chrissy's email. Me me purporting that that's what they need to do goes totally against my whole idea of Hollywood is in a phase of retread. Yeah, it's been a phase of retread for the last 10 years, and they will do it for the next 10 years. That's why we got a RoboCop remake that we didn't need. Well, that's why we get all of these reboots. That's why we get all these sequels. That's why we get all these. That's why we get all these immediately popular books turned into films. That's why. Don't get me wrong. That was one nice thing about the Darkest Hour is it's an original story. Hollywood's been making movies from books for years. 
Yeah. But most of the time, as long they as they've been making movies, pretty much. Most of the time, they don't. They they do them. They did them after they had rested for a while. Now they do them when they're right hot off of the presses. Yeah, it's, or before they're even published. There's there's they get not the rights. there's not an original idea in Hollywood anymore. It is all retread. So it's you got to go to independent films to find the original. That's why there's such an appeal too. That's why a lot of people have flocked to independent films because they are new original. Anyway, we and Hollywood about. made a manage to screw that up because we had the revelation in the in the in the mid nineties where everybody was going independent and wow, independent film is the way to be. And then all of a sudden, all the studios went out and bought up all the independent yep. studios so that each one of them could have one in their stable and go, look, we've got this independent studio making stuff, and so now it's all Hollywoodized. Yeah, it is all Hollywood. Speaking uh, of independent, see who's doing. Uh, we have hijacked Chrissy's email. Yes, we have. We've hijacked this, this podcast. This is an important. This is an important announcement. Okay. Uh, you guys saw who's doing. Episode eight of Star Wars. Um, I saw the announcement. I don't know the guy. I mean, I'm, once you say it, I'll go. Oh yeah, it's that guy. Brian, say he's doing it. Well, he's directing it yeah. and writing it, and Brian, possibly the. He, well, he's, he's writing part of nine. He's helped writing nine, but not. He's directing possibly it. directing. Possibly, nine, but they're, not yet. They're in talks. Ryan Johnson. I think that's his last name. Yeah, and yeah. he is what did he just Looper. do? Recently? Looper. That's right. An independent guy because he did Brick, he did Brothers Bloom. They're all independent films. Looper is probably his biggest quote unquote blockbuster film so, so far. Irving, and he's Irving getting Kirshner. Star Wars. Irving Kirshner. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be awesome. All right. Sorry. As long as it's dark and gothic. He, and they paint the Falcon I've, black. I haven't seen Brothers Bloom, so I can't attest to that, but Brick and yeah, but Looper I, I don't dark. Want, I don't want Looper dark for Star Wars. No, I but, want Empire dark for Star Wars, yeah, but I don't want Looper dark for yeah. Star Wars. I'm just saying he can do dark. I want How to Train Your Dragon too dark for Star Wars. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she continues. That's my superhero input for the day. On, the, on to Doctor Who stuff. <laughs> we'll try to do the same. <laughs> yeah, we we, we, we talk eventually. about that on this show, don't we? I have. I feel like I have two different topics to tackle with the enemy of the world. Part of my thoughts deal directly with the missing episodes and how we have our favorite ones that we want to see because of because what little we know of them sounds fantastic. This was certainly the case when Enemy of the World and Web of Enemy and Web of Fear were found together. It seemed like everyone was ecstatic about Web being found. Enemy was kind of nice thing to have, but not really high on everyone's priority list. Mostly because all anyone had seen was Episode Three, which looks a little strange out of the context of the rest of the story. But then we finally saw the whole thing, and it seemed like more and more people loved Enemy over Web. That's not to say Webb isn't a good story. It's more than people expected it to be good. It's more that people expected it to be good, where Enemy was this unknown entity and no one had uh, very high expectations of it. Rewatching Enemy this time, I got to thinking, what if we find other missing episodes that are this good but nobody thinks they will be? Things like the smugglers or the space pirates. What if they're actually really great? <laughs> I'm just picking those two because people don't seem to like them, <laughs> but it may turn out that they're both better than we think. I haven't listened to either one or read the novelizations, so I can't reliably comment on my own opinions on them. I don't know, just something to think about. Until any new, epi- uh, any new missing episodes are found, this is all just academic anyway. You want to chime in on the space fires or the mug- smugglers? No, I'm in the same boat. I'm... I think there's a. I've never seen him or read the novelizations or listened to recons or anything. So, I just hear Doctor Who and the Space Pirates, and I just chuckle every time. <laughs> <laughs> knowing that most of fandom says that's not a very good story, knowing that 
and then seeing the title and going, like, I already start to formulate in my head how badly it probably is done. But on the flip side, when she says that I think the same thing, I think it, maybe it is a good story. I just I haven't had an opportunity to give it a chance. Well, I think a lot of people are giving more credence to the second Doctor's era now that we have more of it to watch that people are respecting well, I think that's it more. Certainly true. But I don't think anybody dissed the second Doctor's era. I never saw any hate or no. I think no. it's just that unknown. They just quantity. didn't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think they just they did not know that it was. It's like, like the missing Paul McGann years. As soon as we find those, oh my <laughs> God, is he going to skyrocket on people's top? Sean, lists? I think they've found both of them. Shush. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I kind of tip my head now about how I feel the enemy of the world with that intro. But here's my review of it. I give it a resounding dun dun dun. In, first, in bold, all caps, and three exclamation points underlined. <laughs> in italics, too. In italics. You can't see this at home, but it's... All sorts of font <laughs> stuff you can do. In an email. <laughs> huh. It's all normal text, am I? Really? No. <laughs> I'm a little disappointed, Holly, that you didn't... Or Holly, Chrissy. Chrissy, that you didn't do that where it comes up in the rainbow flashy font. You know, that <laughs> like it's a link that you can touch and... The first time I watched it, it was right after it was released on iTunes, and I meant to only watch the first episode, but I was so engrossed by the whole thing that I went on to watch the second, and then the third, and then the fourth. And by that time, it had gotten quite late. My body was telling me that if I don't go to bed, I would regret it in the morning. So I had to quit and save the rest for later. I mean, the writing, the characters are so well done here. All of the one-off characters have distinct personalities and roles to fill and things to do. The bit surprises and twists are handled well. The action is tight and engaging. Never once does the story drag at all. I'm always stunned when I realize that 20 minutes of screen time has passed when we get that get to that first cliffhanger. All the cliffhangers are really good, come to think of it. I love everything that Victoria or Jamie and Victoria get to do. My absolute favorite scene in episode 5 is when Bennett comes in to threaten Jamie and Victoria, and then the doctor playing as Salamander comes in and he's totally fooling Jamie and Victoria... And Victoria almost hits the doctor, and he has to stop and tell them that it's actually him. The whole sequence is so enjoyable to watch, and captures perfectly the kind of dynamic that this Team TARDIS had. If nothing else, Enemy of the World should raise Victoria in people's estimation as a memorable companion. I love that we've gotten more of her stories found, because I think she does have an interesting character arc, as much as I know of it. But people dismiss her simply because they haven't seen much of her on her on, on screen, and that's a shame because I really like her. Beyond that, this is just a fantastic story, and one that we are so very lucky to have found. I really hope that when and if more episodes are found, more will be like the enemy of the world. Unexpected surprises that you'll never thought you'll love as much as you do. That's all I've got for now. Have a great weekend, everyone. Have a great week, everyone. Chrissy. Thank you, Chrissy. Thanks, Chrissy. And we will uh, give our impressions of ending the world shortly, but first... One last piece of feedback. Last but not least is Holly from Wisconsin, who writes in, Hey guys, Enemy of the World. I have to say that I really enjoyed this story. I liked the characters that I saw with the Second Doctor. This one makes me appreciate the Second Doctor and Patrick Troughton even more doing double duty as both the Doctor and Salamander. 
Great Jamie and Victoria action in the story as well. The opening with the Doctor getting absolutely giddy about seeing a beach and wanting to build sandcastles was cute, and Jamie and Victoria's reactions remind me of some of the looks that Amy and Rory exchanged with each other while being with the Eleventh Doctor. This whole six-part story, even broken up, I think was paced really well. Plus the fact that you really didn't know who you could trust out of all the players. Benick was really a character you could love to hate, along with Bruce. The whole reveal of the underground base with a group of survivors and that Salamander was playing with them, I really didn't see coming. Plus the scene where Victoria and Jamie thought they were dealing with Salamander, and then the Doctor revealing his true self by playing an imaginary recorder, had me chuckling with relief. I'll wrap it up here, because I'm sure there's more feedback to be had. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on this story. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Holly. And I want to quickly plug... Because uh, two of those last emails came from two members of the Five Ish Fangirls podcast. You can find them at the Five Ish Fangirls podcast dot blogspot dot com. Yep. That's our sister podcast. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about this story. I heard it was pretty good. The TARDIS lands on an Australian beach in the 21st century. But this is no seaside holiday. Within minutes, the Doctor, Jamie, and Victoria are under attack. They soon discover that the Doctor bears a startling resemblance to the leader, Salamander, a would-be dictator intent on world domination. Before long, the Doctor and his companions are plunged into a dangerous game of espionage, intrigue, and deceit deceit, as they face off against the enemy of the world. Dun-dun-dun! And I'm not sure that was big enough. I don't think you can give this story a big enough dun-dun-dun. You need a whole orchestra. Uh, I would need a... Oh, do you have one? No. You're playing with your phone <laughs> like you had something queued no, no, up no, ready to go. Got a, uh, Glenn has an orchestra in his pocket. Yeah, He's going to pull yeah, it out I'm here. I'm pull a little tiny orchestra out. <laughs> a little tiny orchestra. <laughs> here, it's okay. Here it is. It's okay. They play that. <laughs> uh, oh, where to start? Oh, top to bottom, bottom to top, side to side, timey you want me. Phenomenal. Across the board. That's our review. Tune in next week. <laughs> it's funny. I I, I tend to um, have a lot to say about the episodes I like less, the things that I like oh, more. I I just it's it's really hard for me to. It's, it's, it's us going that one moment. Yeah. So I really. It put, was good. I liked I, it better than cats. I'll watch it again out, and again. Back when this came out in October and was released for the first time on iTunes. And I was really pushing for this, for, for people to download these, because everybody knew I was pounding the war drum and up on my soapbox about how if we did this, that would help encourage get more lost, you know, episodes. And, and But I really didn't know. I knew that Web of Fear was good, because I had seen recons of it and seen enough of it that I really knew that I enjoyed it. It was also one of those ones that was up on everybody's lists. Everybody really liked uh, Web of Fear, and they were excited to see it be uh, found and re-released. And then right underneath that, <laughs> under the the shadow of the big web of fear yeah. news, was this enemy of the world, which I had heard. I knew that uh, I hadn't heard the, the, the audio or anything. I had heard of, of it. I knew of it. I knew what I had read about it. I knew that Patrick Trout did a double role, and that for the most part, that was about all I did. No. And so when I first downloaded this back in October, when it first came out, that was the first one I went to because I thought this is completely new to me because I was enough familiar with uh, recons of Web of Fear. 
And I watched this and was just enthralled. And it was like nothing I'd ever seen in any of that classic era of the time. It was com- captivating. I mean, there have been good stories. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, the the, the, the no- second doctor has had some good stories. But this was one of those ones that I sat down there and I thought, yeah, this is just so different. And it's really very story and character driven. It's not, I mean, there's not a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of action that happens. There's no. not a lot of that, you know, there's no monsters. I mean, the no, biggest monster is Salamander and it's a guy. I mean, it's just, it's all story and character driven. And I was, I was like Chrissy, I watched, thinking I'd just watched the first one and I went on all the way to the end by, the, by it was literally hours later and I realized, oh wow. And I have, luckily I'd been on vacation that day. So, <laughs> because I think I spent the whole afternoon watching it. And, after I was done, like two days later, I fired it up and watched the whole thing again. I haven't done that with a Doctor Who in forever, especially a classic one, even ones that I have or haven't seen. And I, 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 I literally sat down and watched it for an entire afternoon on that weekend, I too. would be hard-pressed to find a classic story that is as captivating as this. I would I sort of agree with that. I think this that. is the top I mean, of the captivation. there are ones that I can watch over and over again because I enjoy them, but yeah, this but one this was one just, just captivating. And so, drawn in. so I watched it again, and I, you know, I think by this time viewing it was my this is my third official full viewing of it. But even between then and there, I've had it on in the background just while I'm doing <laughs> things because I just I I thoroughly enjoy Patrick Troughton's performance in this as both oh. a Doctor and a Salamander. I think it's such just a, so well done. Now, I, I, had, I had never watched all the way through between the, the you know that's that's why my this is my third full viewing. But I've had it on in the background a few times, just while I'm doing other things. Or I think I, I think I booted up the show, Caitlin, because we were, she was she had heard about missing episodes and we were talking about. It. I said this is one that didn't exist anywhere, and I was showing her the, the first episode when we let it play, and she went off and did something else, and she didn't get engaged in it. But I just let it play because you know, I was <laughs> doing other things. I was cleaning so the house or something. I just let it go because I mean it was it was as good as having music or something on the background. Um, it's a strong story from beginning to end, and I agree that I think this is this is Victoria's. This is where she shines. I think she's great because she has something to do. Between she's not. And the she's planet. not this or, timid yeah. young little girl that she is in everything. Uh, yeah, what planet? What, 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 fear. Yeah. yeah. Um, she's not this timid little girl. She's got a purpose. There's all three of them are split up at some point, so that they have something to do. When Jamie and her go in and infiltrate the. The uh, you know, Salamander's well, pretty much all of episode two. The doctor's not yeah. in it. Oh no, absolutely. Patrick of course, is, then the doctor all is. of episode four, they're not in it because they were on vacation. Oh but, yeah, or holiday. Um, but in, yeah, in there, Spain. <laughs> there's 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 pieces and things for them to do, and I love that. Um, all of the supporting characters are intriguing and interesting. Well, how <laughs> and they're all real people. Yeah, that's they the are. thing. Yeah. I think they really so, are. So often you get, especially I can say this in Doctor Who, especially, but. You you get these kind of cardboard cutout. I'm the villain, or this is the unlikable person, or this is the such and such. And none of these are that person. They're all intriguing, even the ones you don't like, even the villains of the piece, because they're smarmy or oily or 
not quite what you thought they were, yeah. as yeah. is the case with Bruce. I love the fact oh, that Bruce he oh, didn't right. turn yeah. into the Nazi. He that was one of the best be. one characters throughout yeah, the Yeah, he was story. not the Gestapo. That he, right. yeah. he almost comes across at the beginning. You think that's what he's going to well, be. Well, he's very gruff and very this it's, and very that. And he's dressed all in black. You, you know, judge I mean, come that on. book by the cover. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, what absolutely. you do. Yeah. And, and so when he makes that turn at the end, you're just fist-pumping going, oh, this is awesome. Uh, uh, just yeah, across the board. And so that's one of the things that works so well with this story is that everybody's a little off base because you never know what to, you, you, you honestly, through most of it, there are times when you can, can't even tell, is this the doctor or is this Salamander, especially as you get later into the story. Yeah. And just when you think you've got this pegged that I know what's going on, we throw this subterranean plot yeah, in here and it's like, yeah. who are these guys? What is the, oh, I think I know what he's doing to these people. And it was just. Before we even get to that part of it, you know what does this really well, what what works really well for this, is that the very first scenes in the very first story are the action scenes. That's yeah. where they're running from the guys. It picks on up the right beat. at the bat. And you know what, that, that grabs you, that captures you, that you're 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 into it right then. There's there's no story going on. You don't know what's going on, but there's a wonderful chase scene happening. Yeah. So you the, you 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 jump into this and go, oh, hey, this is Doctor Who. This is captivating. There's fun. We're running. Who's this gal? She's picked them up. They're going in the helicopter. You've got this great, wonderful action scene that you see no more of that type of thing yeah, until we're the done end. With that. And then it's it's even truncated at the end. And so that's what hooks you. That's what ropes you in. And then you get into the meat of the story, and the story is so good that then it keeps you engaged. And, and, and that's, is, that, that was very calculated very well. I'm going to throw this up once again as yet another in a long line of, you know, for, for those people that like to argue about production values and how Doctor Who doesn't have oh, this any. Is, oh, this is I'm going to throw this up there and this. say, okay, now, yeah, maybe it was only episode one, but it doesn't matter. We had a hovercraft and a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> All in episode one. In the first episode, boom. Okay, what more do you want from a from a television show? Mm-hmm. I love hovercrafts. <laughs> so cool. I, and I think it's great that Barry Letts was the one that directed this because he's done so many other good ones too. That yeah. it's just another notch in his. Yes, Barry Letts is awesome. I would agree. I would agree. The um, um, but yeah, the, the the subterranean thing when they throw that oh. at you. I did it's not this. See. You don't see that coming at all. Nope. And when it happens, it's like that's the the nice thing about it as well is it's is it's blocked off in this when you start to to learn about Salamander, and you really feel like well this guy is just a vicious you know warlord basically, uh, this dictator warlord that you know he's he's smarmy he's got people fooled on the surface of who he really is but he's got this gangsterish you know undertone and his it's this seedy organization you really feel like okay i'm getting the the gist of this i know who this guy is i know why he's bad what's so you feel like you've understood what this, what's happening in the story yeah. and then you take this left turn which is a good left turn because most of the time when a, a story takes a left turn it's like and oh, the, where and, are we going and in now? the fourth episode when you know it's six parts it's like yeah oh, what, and what? so when it takes that left turn and they start to set up this subplot story which ends which, up being the the meat of the story. Don't get me wrong. Which but they it's subplot the, for they the first. They laid the little nuggets in the first part of they him really controlling did. the elements yep. and the earthquakes and everything. There's a reason for it's it. So when you find out, there's a reason for it. Yeah. Perfect. So when they go to this like 
I should say subterranean plot. <laughs> that it's you're you're just it suddenly grabs you again and it caps, captivates you. So you've got this third part of now I'm invested again because there's something huge and different going on that I don't understand, and they hook you again. So this 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 uh, story is really good at just continually hooking you with new elements, new things, new plot turns. And it keeps you all the way to the end. Oh, it really does. Even at the end when Salamander tries to blow the, the place up and, and kill everybody, there's even then you've got this new climactic you know intrigue and, and climactic moment, and you don't know who's going to live and who's going to die. And just, it, oh, man. Well, really, they just, proved fairly early on you can't guess who's going to live no, and who's going to die. That's exactly right, yeah. Because... We, we 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 lost a couple people early on, but then in like episode well, we four, we lost the taster. Was, yeah, oh, we lost wow. the guy that they were keeping captive, the uh, diplomat. Yeah, we lost. I mean, uh, well, once you kind of get to episode four, the kill count just starts going through it the roof. Really does, yeah, and that was after several people killed no name people in the first episode. Yeah, that when they were searching and then chasing when, you, them. when you think everybody's dead and only only a few people got out of there then you find out that then you see salamander and i i honestly the first time i saw it i thought the doctor was shucking up and was walking to the tardis and it wasn't until he went in and started jamie started <laughs> communicating with him and he looked very suspicious and i thought oh, and didn't want to touch the this console this is not this is not this is Salamander. This isn't the Doctor. Salamander did not die in that cave. He didn't die where was it? Uh, what was the other guy's name? Oh, um, that's the other thing. Is you're on that guy's side. You, you're oh, totally. Yeah. You're totally just. It wasn't until like episode five when I was like, "Yeah, he's really adamant about going oh, to that compound. Yeah. What is going on?" They blindside you with that guy. What was his name? Dern. I'm, I'm trying to pull it up. Uh, Giles Kent. 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 When they blindside you with Kent. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> he was involved in this too, and he's and like, then, and mean, then you just... really discover what they were involved in. Oh yeah, because you kind of have an idea the whole time, and it's, and then it's even worse than you imagine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and not what you thought, and not right. what you thought at all. Absolutely, it just it has hook after hook after hook, and it just keeps you engaged through the whole thing, and. It doesn't. It has never. Chrissy alluded to this. It has never felt like six parts to me. Mm-hmm. It has never felt like a six part story. Well, I, was, in fact, this is one of those few occasions where occasionally, when you watch Doctor <laughs> Who, you watch the clock. You see where you're at to see how close you are to the end. This is the the one that every time I've watched it, all three times, the credits sneak up on me. Every time the cre- Oh, we're done. <laughs> oh, we're on to the next one. Every time. And one well, of those and, that I. Wouldn't have minded another episode. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Because that—that is the one slight, small complaint I had with it is the end does feel a little rushed. I know Salamander has now been exposed, and he's going to try to. See, I thought that was fine. I thought it wrapped it up, and I thought it was. It wrapped it up fine. I would have I, liked to see the fight on the TARDIS be dragged out just a little longer. Yeah. But no, I mean. And it probably shouldn't because it is the second Doctor, and that, that's not who the second Doctor. It is. isn't who the second Doctor is. If it, if it had been the third Doctor, yeah, we'd have had a big old drawn out, <laughs> fifteen minute fight on the TARDIS for control of the TARDIS. But swords. <laughs> I like that it ends quickly like that. I actually really like. Oh, that. Salamander is totally a sword guy. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Sorry. Oh yeah, I know. that's fine. <laughs> well, it's a well, test- if Pertwee played him, he would have been a sword guy. <laughs> It's a testament to the storytelling that, what was episode four that uh, 
Jamie and Victoria aren't in it at all. Yeah, yeah. I believe that's right, yeah. And we nobody noticed on Friday Night Who until they showed back up in episode five. Right, right. And the only reason I knew is because I'd read about it. After, because I didn't notice the first time I'd seen it. I noticed the second time. But they had balanced it out with the fact that the earlier... The doctor, had a, they, yeah. the doctor wasn't there, and Jamie and, and, and Victoria, I think he was in the episode, but he was barely in it. And, yeah. and so it was balanced out. But it wasn't until I noticed it at one time that I went, well, they weren't in that at all. And I think I looked it up, and I think it was at a time that we were joking about how many people take time off. And so I suspected it at that point. So this time I knew. But it wasn't until somebody else pointed it out on Twitter yeah. that I didn't realize it either. Yeah. So it's... And Chrissy did it first. Yeah, because she, she beat me to the punch right as I was typing in the just FYI, they weren't in this episode. And she, yeah. hey, they weren't in that episode. <laughs> um, interestingly enough, um, this is uh, Barry Lett's first directorial effort. They're always best on their first, aren't they? <laughs> Graham Harper, same way. He, he directed a lot of other stuff as well, but <laughs> I mean, their best, their first who. Um, David Whitaker, who was We've responsible for all writing this. Uh, well, I mean, he wrote the original story. Apparently it was rewritten by Letts and a guy named Derek Sherwin. But uh, Whitaker also wrote Edge of Destruction. The Rescue. Oh, I've always liked Edge of Destruction. I've always liked so The Rescue, I. too. The Crusade. Don't know about that one yet. The Power of the Daleks. Uh, oh, I love Power The Evil of the Daleks. The Enemy of the World. The Wheel in Space. Woo. And ambassadors of death. Oh, I love ambassadors of death. So oh, a, I like. I like. He, he, he's got some pedigree yeah, behind him. And I think pedigree. one of the ni- one of the things we like about Edge of Destruction, Rescue, and Ambassadors of Death. Those are the only other ones I've seen. Right? I haven't seen the Crusade. No, you nobody's seen the Crusade. Seen the crusade. <laughs> okay. Well, and in, I haven't seen in the forty years. <laughs> I can assure you, we have not watched years. the Crusade. <laughs> In nearly 50 years. They're all very different stories from what normally is happening yeah. during that era. Edge, uh, Ambassadors of Death is very different from any, most other Pertwee stories. Edge of Destruction is... You keep saying Ambassadors of Death. I keep thinking you're saying Masters of Death. And I ambassadors. Keep going, is there a Pertwee story I'm forgetting? Masters yeah, of ambassadors Death. Of death. That would be a good title. Masters of Death. And the rest... Starring multiple Masters. <laughs> the Rescue was the short one that introduced Vicky, right? <clears throat> Which one? Rescue. Uh, was it Vicky or Dodo? Vicky. It was Dodo Vicky. was Crusade. Yeah, yeah it was Vicky. Was, mm-hmm. Rescue and Romans. Yeah. And yes. I remember really liking the Rescue, thinking it was... I, I guess the Rescue is the one that's most like anything else that's come before, I think, from what I've seen. I think that's, yeah, a testament to, that's a testament to the writer that he's bringing something new to the table. Yeah, yeah. Well, unlike... Not not to not to pick on, uh, what was his name, Nersh Nalath. <laughs> you mean Terry Nation? I mean Terry Nation. Um, you go into a Terry Nation serial, you kind of know what you know you're what's getting into. You know. oh, yeah. very... Now, admittedly, most of it, well, all of his, save one, have of the Daleks in the title. As, well, as much as I love the Daleks and love the Dalek stories, I'll be the first to admit they're all very cookie cutter. They're yeah. all very cut from the same cloth. It's like, it's like Terry Nation had a outline that he just went to and changed and shuffled names and, and or changed names and shuffled plots you know that's that's really what it was i think he had he probably invented the uh, poetry refrigerator <laughs> the poetry, poetry yeah long before <laughs> and it was just plot story and you know he just shift them around on his refrigerator and he said oh yeah look i've got another dalek story i'll be the first to admit that well the one that doesn't have the daleks in it that he did which is one of my favorites um is android invasion yeah um, yeah but even that 
Well, he just, kind of feels like a Dalek yeah, story he did, when you really get did, down he to did it. He did some other in Classic Who. That did he? I thought that was really the only one, but I maybe think not. So no, I think he did. He did something else in either um, uh, Hartnell's era or or in uh, Trout's era, and I can't remember what it was. Uh, he did do the Keys of Marinus. Keys of Marinus, That's what it was. Yeah, he wrote the or he wrote the Chase. Well, the Chase the is the Dalek story. story yeah. into, yeah. Keys of Marinus is what I'm thinking. Mission of, yeah. to the Unknown. That's a Dalek story. Okay. <laughs> so then, yeah, Android Invasion and, and, and part the of Keys Dalek of Master Plan. So Keys of Marinus. Um, and, and oddly enough, um, Android Invasion, <laughs> directed by Barry Letts. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, this one, uh, James and I said this all week last week after coming off the first three parts. We were like, this is like a Bond movie. It's more so than any Pertwee. Yeah, yeah really. I mean, we, we give Pertwee so much. Yeah, he's like Bond. But this one is because you've yeah. got this. It's structured like a Bond It's structured Bond like a Bond film. Yeah. We open with this big action sequence, and then we kind of delve into the plot a little bit, and then we're introduced to the villain, who, I'm sorry, Salamander, Exotic would have location. Been so at home in a Bond flick. Because yeah. he's got. Oh, a Salamander oh. is so a Blowfield or a Dr. No or a. Yeah. I mean, just. I mean, all he's of just. Those. He's yeah. a, and, and he's. To Scaramanga. Well, and he, not only the mannerisms and the exoticness of it, but just the fact that he's got the crazy wild plan to annihilate the Earth yeah. and take over with his group of, yeah. you know, it's, it's Drax and Moonraker all over Drax, again. Drax, there you go. Yeah. So he just so at home there. And we love the, the, the machinations that this guy has when the one controller, you know, fails to poison the guy. And you're expecting that angry outburst and you don't get it instead you get ah so you try you fail the moon doesn't fall from the sky have a drink and we're all going oh crap because <laughs> we know what's in the drink just right off the bat but he's so enjoyable oh, yeah. and likable yeah. about it then the guy drops dead and you're like oh man it just and but the whole thing is a bond story it's very conniving of all like of that. the doctors yeah. that could have pulled off a bond story you wouldn't have expected the second the doctor. Trout is the farthest from that, yeah. and just just based on, on on his persona, but it works. Yeah, it works so well, and I mean, a, a, a huge testament to the man for his acting, being mm. able to do the accent and different mannerisms, and well, you get so used to him being the second doctor, and you really almost in your head. I haven't seen anything else Trouton has done outside of being the doctor. I personally have never seen anything. And so you get so you you typecast the man in your head that yeah. this is just oh, who yeah. he is. This is, this who is he what is. he does. And to see him be able to expand and do something remarkably different just amazes me. Yeah. And and just top to bottom just uh, it, 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 it's it's not <sighs> Maybe it's because I'm older. This is going to be kind of unfair, but I'm going to say it anyway. I saw Remington Steel when I was a kid, and there's an episode where Tom Baker shows up as the bad guy. And I was so ecstatic. Like, I watched Remington Steel anyway, because it was cool, and Pierce Brosnan was in it. It was right. a spy thing, but it wasn't. But then to see Tom Baker in the credits, Tom Baker, and I went, <gasps> I know that guy! You know, I don't know him, but I like, there's my... Okay, and so he shows up, and he's very... 80s television villain yeah. as a character. 
But he's still Tom Baker. He's still got this wink and smile and sparkle in his eye. And I didn't buy him as the bad guy because he's Tom Baker to me. And kind of the same thing when I found out he was in Golden Voyage of Sinbad. And I went back and watched that. And he's this evil vizier. He's very Jafar in, in, in that particular movie. And he's doing all these crazy magic things and spouting spells and stuff like that. But it's Tom Baker in a turban. So I, there's a part of me that's still going, uh, you're the Patrick Troughton in this? No comparison. It's oh, not well, but Patrick is Troughton. It, is it because, though, because you're seeing him playing against himself, too? That, that could helps. be. That definitely could be. And I, I think part of it is just because I'm older now and I'm yeah. a little more... I, I can divorce these two. Sure, you know, sure. If I went back and watched Golden Voyage of Sinbad now, I would probably look at it through a completely different set of eyes than I did with it as well, a kid. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe not. We should do that for our friends. Well, uh, hey, look, it's Tom Baker and a we've, we've always talked about uh, doing a show where we picked something that they, these guys have done outside the roles as the doctors. Yeah. And, and this definitely reinforces that, that idea. Yeah, yeah it so, really does. Because it only took me one episode, at least, if that, to not think, oh, look, that's Patrick Troughton playing somebody else. He sells it so quickly and so securely that he is Salamander well, so the, quickly. The thing that also he's got going against him, but he works, he manages to get even past that with the performance, is the fact that he, they don't, there's not a change in the look. He's darker complected slightly, Not and much. the hair is parted in a different spot. It's amazing spot. what the hair does. Yes. The hair just the hair alone. I think it's the performance, though, because well, really they both. still look so remarkably similar. Yeah. But the, the, the expressions that he uses, the mannerisms that he has, and the performance and the accent, it just it completely transforms him into an entirely different character. I don't see the second Doctor doing a character. No, I see an entirely different character, which yeah. I think is just amazing. Agreed. He, um, I didn't know this. He was Father Brennan in The Omen. Uh, then I tech- then I have technically <laughs> seen, but I had seen that so long ago that I'm not even sure I knew who Patrick Trout was when I saw that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, well, there's our one for Trump. <laughs> Are we making a list? <laughs> <laughs> this uh, is just such... And, and I love the fact that there are all these familiar faces. Like, as soon as Bruce showed up, I went, oh, I know you from somewhere. Where do I know you? And then I had to actually go and look. And it's like, oh, it's the Lighthouse episode. It's uh, the guy. You yeah. know. Horror thing, Rob. Um, and then uh, the fact that... Um, is it Benick? That was another Barry Letts, wasn't it? He wrote that one. Well, no, he wrote that one. I'd only looked at the I think Barry ones. wrote that one. He might have. Um, and well, then, uh, forget the omen. We'll do uh, Sinbad in the Eye of the Tiger. Oh, is Trouton in that? Trouton's in that Well, then I've seen two. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind what I said earlier about not seeing Trouton in anything else, but I just He's don't He's so good, you didn't know Again, another one I saw oh. years and years and years ago, and probably before I realized that was Patrick Trouton. Speaking of, going back to what I was talking about earlier, do you know who's in 300 that I had no idea was in 300? I kept looking at this guy going, why does this guy look so familiar to me? He's this blonde Spartan standing there next to Leonidas. And I went, oh, it's Magneto. Michael Fassbender is oh, in 300. Oh, I yeah. forgot about that. It's apparently his film yeah. debut. Had right, no idea. Right. No <laughs> idea he was in this. Anyway. Um, but um, is it Benick? Is he the, the, the Weasley guy? Uh, yeah. Pretty right, Weasley. Yeah. It's, it's the Castellan. And it's like, oh my God, this is so cool. And of course, he's also... Uh, See, and I didn't know that. I mean, I, I knew that. I, I, sorry. I didn't know that ahead of time. All I kept thinking the last two times I seen it, I was like, that looks a lot 
very familiar. And it wasn't until Friday Night Who that everybody started pointing that out. And went, oh yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> he's exactly also um, he, he was also uh, Guy Crawford in uh, right. well, <laughs> in Android. <Right>. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so just it, it, I, I always love when they when it's this family affair that you're like ah I recognize that guy. I just. Yeah. So there's so much to like about this on so many different levels that I just, I can't, kind of the same thing. I, it was one of those that I, I on your recommendation, download it, put it in the iTunes player, all right, never watched it. I booted it up once just to see what it was like, and immediately was like this, you know, just, <laughs> just zoned into the television. But I was, what is this? Yeah. I, and, and I was at school trying to get homework done, <laughs> and so I showed a rare amount of restraint and turned it off. <laughs> but I will say that I have watched the first episode of this probably four or five times <laughs> because I, I, I'll queue it up and then I'll have to turn it off before. So this was it my first start to finish really doing it. And how wonderful it was to get that. And especially for a story that's 46 years old. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the just the... The icing on the cake is that not that it's a new Who story to me, which I always enjoy. You know, I'm right, getting a new right. Who story. That's that's phenomenal. But getting an older Who story that's been around for this long, but not. That's just magic. I, I agree. I agree. There, there's something very magical about that, and I and I love the fact that I mean, there's there there's still a few. There's a pocket few of. Well, probably not anymore. I think we may have run the course. I think Underground is probably the only Baker that I can't remember if I've seen or not. Um, and I think there's a there might be one or two per tweet. But before when we were doing this, I still hadn't seen the entire catalog. There were, I still yeah. had some holes. And but it seems like every time I saw a new one, I think Black Orchid was one that I had seen that I'd never seen, and we saw for the first time. Some of those ones we did Davison because I'd missed some of those years. It wasn't until you know you I, we watched those and it was a new story to me because I'd never seen it, but I had known enough of it surrounding it, and I'd known enough of it from things that, that yeah that I'd seen on Wiki or had read online or seen clips. I can't I can't believe how many times I'll watch a show and go, oh, I've seen this, but it wasn't because I saw clips of it online when I was like just mainlining anything who that I could get a hold of. Uh, your VHS copies, things that were the, the rare things that were on the web back then, because there wasn't yeah. a lot. But I, it's just, I'd seen some. On dialogue. This is one of those ones <laughs> that I had read just a few things about. And so just coming to the story just was mind blowingly magical because it was like, it was like there was brand new Who, is what it yeah. was. It was like a brand new story. I knew very little about it. It was like reading. Who's going to be in something and who's playing something in a Peter Capaldi episode? That's what I like into yeah, this is I knew that much true. about it. You know what I mean? So it's it it that's why I. Uh, just, I, I this was a wonderful experience. This, yes, this whole experience, not just the story, but everything surrounding this. this everything being a surrounding missing, this. This being a missing episode. This being a brand new story to me. All of it. Um, and I can't agree with Chrissy enough that you know. Uh, Web of Fear definitely seemed to have gotten more of the press. Oh yeah, absolutely. because it it very much felt like nobody knew quite yeah, what to make of. It's easy to describe. Well, too. and it's and it's part of that larger arc that we've already covered with the yeah. great intelligence, and you know, so it it definitely has that niche of oh, at last we've got that. But this just nobody. It, it felt like even in the coverage of it, nobody quite knew what to make of it. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, Patrick Trout plays a dual role. 
And it seemed like everybody covering it knew the exact same thing about it that we did. <laughs> Patrick Trotman plays a duel, and that's it. And it's so gratifying to see so many people coming to this going, oh, my God, was that phenomenal. Yeah. And I, I now the cynic in me does want to come out and say, all right, but is it is it that wonderful because it was missing and because we're so ecstatic no, over New Who? Or is it just really that good story? No. And I, I have to come down because I hadn't seen all of By the Fear other than, you know, uh, obviously my book, <laughs> reading that over and over again. Watching Web of Fear, it's a good story. Didn't enjoy it nearly as much as this yeah, one. No, right. I, it, this is just head and shoulders See, above I, it. I, I, and that, they're both good. But I think this is a better story than Web of Fear. Yeah, and you guys know absolutely. how I feel about Web of Fear. Because yeah. I, I love Web of Fear. I think Web of Fear is, is one of my favorite Trout stories. This one is, I, I would put it above that. So. All right, so who, who just based on the discussion tonight and watching this, obviously we're coming off a little bit of a high with this episode, who would now put this as the pinnacle of Patrick Troughton's stories? Because I know you are a really big Oof. fan of I love, Tomb. Oh. <laughs> and we all love Mind yeah. Robber. And the yeah. Mind Robber, the no, invasion. I think, this, the, I think that's, the, that's the problem. Is it, it, it's, it's as solid of story to be pinnacle as those. As it's the, ones it's, we've it's the Caves of Adrazani. Of Troughton's era and possibly the black and white era. Is it the most representative? No. No, not representative. Just but the best. If, if, if the you best. had to pick down, would Probably. you say this is the best? I, I, I think I would say it's hard to era. say because I think I'm still coming off the high, even though it's been since October. But and there's it's a lot hard to say because I think still. Tomb is up there. I think Mind Robber. Uh, I've always come down on Mind Robber just slightly lower than you guys have. Like I Mind even put Moonbase. I like Mind Robber. High I like too. Mind Robber. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, you did like Moonbase. Uh, see, and Moonbase would be kind of a lower tier for me as well. But yeah, I think it's it's up there, probably tied with, if not. Now, is it favorite? Um, it's pretty not necessarily best, but that's, just the favorite, problem with most favorite enjoyable. is is I don't know that it's the most enjoyable story right now. It is, but that it's most that's enjoyable that's for me is always change. that's just it. Most enjoyable is and favorite is always one that's just it's it's kind of always in flux yeah. because it really kind of oh, depends yeah. on what I'm watching at the time, what I've watched most recent, or how much I want to go back and watch it. Is it my favorite? Probably right now, but I still thoroughly enjoy Web of Fear. I still thoroughly enjoy the Invasion, although it's it's a lengthy one, but. You know, just well, not even long, not any longer than this. Or was it seven? It was eight. It was eight. Okay, Web so it was longer. No, uh, well, invasion. invasion was eight. Invasion is another one that I, I well, eight with the two animated okay. segments. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I did. I, I it's would, hard to say. I, I, I would I squarely I could, put it in my top I, five of Troughton. Here's a fun one. Oh, squarely in my top five as well. Speak squarely in my top five of classic Who. Did you guys happen to see this bit of news? (laughs) I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. I can't believe we didn't talk about that. That, Oh, yeah. Do you know who did the animation on the original series? Cosgrove Hall. Cosgrove Hall. We're talking about Danger Mouse coming back. Well, uh, I I hope they get the voices right because not only does the animation have to be the style, it doesn't have to look like the original digital, but the style has to be there. It has to have a certain stylistic approach. Not only does it have to have a certain edge to it, the voices have to be right. And oh, the yeah. guy that voiced Penfold is dead. He passed yeah. on years ago. I don't know about the guy that voiced Danger Mouse, but I imagine he's, he's pretty he, he, old. I, I, have con- I have heard confirmed that he is still alive and his agent Somebody had asked him, so are they going to get him toward? And his agent just replied, "Well, of course. Who else would they get?" Ah, so <laughs> now, now that means nothing. Yeah, but no, <laughs> they but that probably haven't been asked. But, hope for me, but um, oh man, oh, I so love, Danger Mouse I is coming love back. Danger Mouse. Oh, 
Uh, did we say that? <laughs> you showed us, and then we started reacting. Yeah, to Yeah, we're talking about Danger, Danger Mouse, Mouse coming okay, back. Okay. So, but yeah, Cosgrove Hall, and I went. Oh, I knew the name sounded familiar yeah. from somewhere in my yeah. childhood. <laughs> well, I knew they did. They did. Yeah. I have no idea they what else K- they did. They did Care Bears too, I think, and I mean wow. some other things in the. No, that was Nirvana. Never mind. I'm, I'm mixing up. Yeah, Cosgrove was. So where do you fall, Sean, on the questions you just asked? Oh, um... <laughs> yeah, you don't get off that easy. <laughs> I don't get off that easy. Um, not most representative of the era, because it's different from, from everything else that we've seen. Yes. Probably my favorite, but again, that that definitely could change right now. It's right, right now is my favorite. Who knows, they might find the Space Pirates. We might watch that and change our mind, which is our favorite. <laughs> Troughton, for me, tends to be whatever one I was most recently watched yeah. is my favorite, because I love Troughton so much. Yeah, yeah. Even the Dominators, yes. Troughton is so wonderful, and there are quarks. What else do you need? Well, that we already established that if the whole thing would have been dealing with the quarks, it would have been a much bigger exactly. story. <laughs> it should have been called the quarks. Yeah. It should have been called Jamie and the quarks. <laughs> That's really the... Jamie and the quarks. Yeah. Oh, even better. Here's, here's here's how you want to know how to make the Dominators a good story. Here's the title. Are you ready? Jamie smashes quarks with rocks. <laughs> there you go. It is now a masterpiece of filmmaking. Yes, that was some of the best parts of it too. All right. I think uh, I'm have we a, exhausted think, our conversation just, here with the enemy of the world? I think I'm just such a Trouton fan that it's getting to the point where I want to own all of his stories. Because I, I'm afraid you won't be able to own all of them yet. Well, all the ones well, that are available. <laughs> yeah, here's here's the deal. Here's honestly. Here's what the deal. Uh, you know, I, when I started buying these, just because of my completionist nature, um, <laughs> he the, says with a twitch, <laughs> I have to own everything of everything. Um, I, I was buying them and just because I, I knew so little about the Trout and Era, and so I bought a, a lot of them. I bought Sight Unseen just because I got to have it, got to have it. We're going to watch it on the podcast anyway, so okay, got to have it. And you'd made the comment about Dominators kind of being a uh, one of those purchases, huh? I don't mind. I do not mind because every Troughton episode we've watched has been a gem. Even the ones that maybe are a little lesser than some well, of the I others. I still cringe at the Dominators. Yeah, but well, I, I thoroughly enjoy the Dominators on the second I viewing. Was so much better yeah. just because I knew where it was going and how I could have fun with it. Right. That's yeah. that's the key. But even the ones that maybe aren't as good as others, Troughton is so good in them, and that's why when they finally find the missing McGann years. <laughs> I will own all of those because you know McGann is going to be enjoyable in everything. You know that I've experienced that through the Seventh Doctor. Is they were just such cringe-worthy stories when I saw them the first time. That now when I go back and re-examine them, I'm so focused on McCoy that I I, I actually get some enjoyment out of them. They're, they're good stories. With well, they're not good stories, but they're better <laughs> stories because of them. They're, they're more fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, what was the other part of the question that I asked? Not favorite, but. Um, is this the ultimate? Is this the ultimate? Oh, best Pen- of his pinnacle. era. Best of his Pen- pinnacle. That's what um, pinnacle. And is uh, you answered favorite? So yeah, I think so. I, I really, do. I think this is the. I mean, because there there are stories that are bigger. There are stories that are more representative. Certainly, yeah, if you're going to do a representative Troughton, you got to do a Cyberman story. Yeah. That's just that's just where that lies. But uh, of the ones that we've reviewed, of the ones that are available, this is the one that it. It's 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 so good. 
that I, I think this would probably be the best one because I don't know that I can I don't know how the, you can top this. Yeah, I mean, like The Invasion. I loved The Invasion, even though it's been so long ago since we watched it. But I don't know that I can necessarily say that that one's a better story than this one because, well, that one, we're dealing with the animated segments, so it's still technically missing those two parts. That's true. You know, is that yeah. a fair comparison? I don't know. Um, it's head and shoulders above War Games. Not that that's a bad serial, no. but it's just, you know... Um, even the mind robber, which I love and adore and think is such a departure from things that have, you know, been done on the show. I, this one's so much fun. Maybe it's because I'm a Bond fan. I'd watch this one over and so over well, I and think over. That, I think a difference is as great as any other Troughton stories are, there's usually some plot element that you can pick apart and say, well, that doesn't quite work. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. does not have it at all. No, I don't, I don't see one in there that you can pick apart and say it doesn't quite work. Yeah. Or complain about. There's nothing to complain about in this story. I'm sure if I looked really hard, yeah. I could pull a thread. But, but he's talking that's about looking hard. You know, he's but talking about not fine tooth combing it. Yeah, yeah first no. viewing and something. Well, even third viewing, he has. Yeah, yeah. see, no. it's that phenomenal. It's, it's just that good a story. This is certainly. I'm gonna, this is top five for me all time. Who, all time. Yeah. I'd have to bump something for it. So no, it's not tough. <laughs> I'd squarely put this above caves. This is definitely my top yeah, ten. In fact, I this, would too. This probably lands at six so for me at the very least. So it we, might. I, get I've got number one, number two, and then a seventy-eight way tie for third. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we couldn't do a fan poll. Yep. We'd be rubbish. At That's it. exactly right. Where did this one end on that poll? I don't I remember. I don't remember. Does anybody have that well, poll? Well, we only examined the we top, only had the top 10, 10 and the bottom 10. 10. I thought we, we found a link somewhere. We, we, we did find it eventually, but I haven't, I haven't examined that that much. I'd be so. curious to know where this one fell well, on that list. You should look it should up. be very high. But First, pull up the schedule because we need to get this First on the up. schedule, wrapping things up. All right. So if you were with us on Friday Night Who this week, you probably saw the surprise announcement for next week that there is no Friday Night Who. Canceled. <laughs> We've been we canceled. We've by been Fox. canceled. <laughs> the good news is Fox is giving us money. The bad news is they immediately take it away because we've been canceled. We've been canceled. Good news. Just Friday Night Who. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the, it will be Saturday Night Who. Yes. So it's a Saturday night special edition of Friday special Night Who. Edition. Friday Night Who Saturday edition this week. What does that mean for you? It means... Same time. <laughs> this means show up Saturday instead of Friday. But show up Saturday. Yep. That, that's all that means. So we're going to do Saturday night at midnight. What are we doing? Well, it, we're going to. It do... means it might be harder to get up to, for church the next day for some of you. Yeah. Well, for some of you. <laughs> uh, but hopefully that means you won't have to get up for work. That's true. For the heathens among us, not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that struck me way funnier than it should have. Um, uh, we're doing Day of the Doctor. We're doing the 50th, and so I know everybody's all kinds of excited over that. Why are we doing a special Saturday night? Well, the reason that we're doing a, a, and the the reason that we're doing a Saturday night and the reason that we're doing Day of the Doctor is because we will all be in attendance at British Fest up in Omaha, which if you're in the area, go. It's in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, It's going to run Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. They're going to do all things British. It sounds like a lot of fun and just a meeting of the minds and like-minded people. Uh, There's going to be a lot of great prop replicas. Moose has put together some phenomenal stuff. We've seen the pictures that he's got a Dalek, he's got canine. We've seen the Dalek and canine, or at least canine. We've seen canine in person, and canine's really good. 
uh, and he's got a fourth Doctor Tower's console and room that looks great. He's also built a, a, a platform nine and three quarters from from Hogwarts. He has built uh, the front of Bilbo Baggins' house, Bag End, from Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Uh, and he's just that kind of guy. So there's going to be photo ops galore. Definitely, if you're in the area, go check it out. Um, there's going to be a band Friday night that apparently can play anything from any British band ever in the 60s, which I'm kind of curious about. Uh, there's going to be Doctor Who belly dancers, which I'm curious about for other reasons. Friends um, of the show, Timey Wimey Puppet Show will be there. Mm-hmm. Timey Wimey Puppet Show will be there uh, doing two performances Saturday and Sunday. Uh, they're going to talk James Bond. They're going to talk Monty Python. So it should just be a lot of fun. And was mentioned in BBC America. Yes. So big to-dos there up in Omaha. But because we are a part of those festivities and uh, you can find us in the... I can't call it the artist alley. We're in the... Dealer's room? We're, we're with the celebrities for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> You can find us with the other celebrities rubbing well, elbows. Because British Fest is using that tour mostly, but <laughs> <laughs> so if you're in the area, come by and say hi to us. We may not be at our table all day because obviously we want to go and, and partake of some of the fun stuff right, too. But right. but just, just wait on us. We'll show up eventually, um, <laughs> or come back back. But back we'll be there Saturday of yes, the three day convention. We will be we there, will be there uh, at least part of Saturday. Um, and then, uh, so we'll be doing the Saturday night, who Saturday night and technically Sunday morning, but technically yeah, Sunday know, morning. It's the same. Yes, Glenn. Um, so Saturday night at midnight, day of the doctor, the 50th anniversary, ta-da. Um, next week that it well, yeah, the following week, cause that's confusing. The seeds of doom part one, two, and three. So going back to Tom Baker. Which we've we've reviewed before, uh, season two, and that's the big crinoid and yeah, okay, and one, of my, one of my favorite. I still think maybe we ought to do parts one and two. Scorby, Scorby. <laughs> I think we ought to do one and two, and then three, four, five, and six, because the first two parts are in Antarctica, and then the rest of it's at the house. But we're going to do one and three, and then as is tradition. <laughs> um, here's the homework part of the class. <laughs> we're going to do Seeds of Doom. Uh, the first three parts for Friday Night Who, which we will return to our regularly scheduled Friday slot because Fox has just renewed us because they do things like that. <laughs> our show, you got a second chance already. Yeah. All right. Our show number one eighty four is going to be the fifth season of Sarah Jane Adventures. So you've got two weeks to watch a shortened, truncated season of Sarah Jane to gear up for that uh, review. If you want to follow along with us at home, the following week we'll be doing the second half of Seeds of Doom. Uh, parts four through six for Friday Night Who, and then number one eighty five, a um, <laughs> a ten o'clock episode. <laughs> it's not going to be a happy shiny morning newscast. It's going to be a a, a, a sad ass uh, because that's our in memoriam to Sarah Jane. Oh, um, oh yeah, Elizabeth yes, yes. Slayton. Okay. I I didn't know where you were going. I was like, I what? I knew we talked about doing surprise. It. Just <laughs> yeah, soon. Um, and then the following week, uh, on the 18th, I'll go ahead and throw this out there, and I'll have all this posted on the website uh, directly, uh, Silver Nemesis with Ooh. Sylvester McCoy, which we've already viewed, because we will be doing our seventh, uh, seventh month, seventh doctor uh, fun stuff for this year. We're doing uh, Big Finish Audio number 36, The Rapture, so that'd be the next one you guys want to listen to, along with ebook 7, The Ripple Effect. So we're going to pair those two together instead of an episode in the ebook. We'll do an audio in the ebook, so... And then I'm kind of waiting Did to see. Do something against Paradise Towers? Or? 
Okay. I don't own it oh, yet. Curse. That's, that's There's a reason why we're running Curse. <laughs> well, Curse is also on one of those that's on Moratorium. Yeah. Um, but Paradise, I just but on Netflix. But on Netflix. But it is on Netflix. Um, but I just, I just don't own it yet, so it's kind oh, of okay. <laughs> until finances oh, okay. free up some funds. Right, I don't own that one, and I'm not going to ask you to buy it. So, you know. I can buy it. Um, He's going to own it eventually. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm kind of waiting on the rest of the schedule until we get a little bit firmer on a Peter Capaldi coming back on right, his right, right. So that's the next that month. That is important. So. All right. Well, if that's going to do it oh, for... Well, well, uh, oh, sorry, sorry. One other note. Um, if you are doing the British Fest, on their website, the schedule is in error, um, which I will bring up with <laughs> tomorrow when I talk to them. They have us down as doing a Friday night who on Friday night. And just so, just to remind anybody who might catch this ahead of time and think, oh, cool, I'll go join up with the guys Friday. No, we won't be there Friday. Yeah, we're we'll, doing it Saturday. We'll now, we're, Saturday. we're on for Saturday night as well, and that one is accurate, that it's Day of the Doctor on Saturday night at midnight, technically Sunday morning, but not on Friday. Right. Okay. Right. Now I'm done. Glad you cleared that up. All right. Well, if that's going to do it for this week, until next week, I'm Glenn. I am Salamanda. I'm Keith. That was terrible. No, that was good. No, it was oh, sucked. I, like I should have worked on that. That was wonderful. That was good stuff. Okay. Captivating. <laughs> you try, you fail. The moon doesn't <laughs> fall from the sky. Have a drink. Uh, <laughs> cheers. <laughs> oh, he's actually having a drink. Cheers. <laughs> good night, everybody. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.